As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So no fail is just kind of bringing it back to like, hey man, what were you taught when you learned how to ride a bike? Having a flyer go off somewhere else is almost as serious as a pistol shot for I think because I mean the original weapon life that we issued was like what, 60 meters or something like yep. that? Yeah. Hey everyone, Matt Lanfair here with Primer and Secondary. Welcome to Modcast. This is episode number 245. The topic, setting up your red dot pistol. Today is May 20 or May 29th. I was going to say 25th. I don't know why. 2020. This is the first modcast, organized modcast we've done for a while. We were doing a lot of open mic episodes and then those kind of fizzled out. We actually tried to do one earlier last week, but we didn't get a panel. Oh, well. So here we are. We're back to our structured episodes. We might pull, uh, we might throw out a couple open mics here and there, but uh, for the time being, we're going to be doing a structured one. And uh, this is going to be, this is going to be a good discussion. We've discussed red dots in the past. I don't think we're, we have gotten quite into as much detail as we will go into tonight. We're going to be discussing things as to why this might be a good cho a choice for you. Why red dot? Why red dot over irons? Um, what, are, what are the advantages you're looking at? What are the options you might be looking at? Uh, what are the various mounting options? What are your holster options? What are your training options? Because all of this is a one big package. Some people can just pick up the red dot and go. Other people want to be a little bit more, well, there are a lot of bad, there are a lot of bad decisions you can make in any of this kind of stuff. And personally for me, I would rather take advice from people who know better, people that have been there and save myself heartache, save myself headache, save myself money and time and just go and do this right the first time. And so that's where these guys come into. So starting out with some... Let's see here, big thanks to our sponsors. Starting with Filster Holsters. Not that we have anyone from Filster on as a panelist right now. There's this brand new holster. And it's the Pro Series from Filster. John, you don't know anything about this, do you? Oh, there it is. So I happen to have a couple right here with me also. Oh, fantastic. It's great. Um, I've been- it's I'm really been, glad you like it. Oh, it's it, seriously, it is wonderful for a non-light bearing Appendix carry holster, built-in wedge, modular. Uh, it's also um, ambidextrous. It's great. It is. It is great. So I have it from forty-eight. It's, it's not just appendix carry. It works no. great for behind the hip too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have one for the for, uh, the Glock forty-eight or the forty-three X or the forty-three. I guess 
I also have mm -hmm. one from my uh, SIG 320. It's interesting to hear people's opinions of this before they go hands-on, before they've even seen it. Oh, the, the wedge is too big. It's, it's unnecessarily large. Not at all. It conceals very oh, no. we haven't, we very haven't been making We haven't been making appendix carry holsters for a decade and yeah. testing things and, and experimenting with theories about ergonomics or anything. We yes. just we just went and slapped a big wedge on it. I'm sure you know you know better. So unlike other companies, also there are a lot of companies that are very popular that have a huge amount of money put into Facebook for advertising. A lot of these companies basically are copying other successful companies' ideas. You see a lot of you see a lot of copies of like old Filster stuff. Mm -hmm. The problem with going with a company that has that basically is basing everything off of copies, they don't understand the the the. the, how, what the, the I can't even think of the word that I'm trying to say. They haven't gone through everything to research and and improve these designs. They basically are trying to backwards or create these reverse engineer. Reverse engineer. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. It's been a long day. <clears throat> if you go in with a company like Filster. John here, who happens to be right here, he's, he's modeling this. He's planning this out. This is, this, is, this is art. This is science. This is experience. And it's not just throwing something together for money. Just going, eh, Pendix, this is great. No, this is actually a very well-designed, very well-thought-of product. So that's what you're getting from Filster. Not only that, but this is, isn't this also compatible with your Flex system as well? It is. No way. Of course it is. <laughs> so basically what the Flex is, is it is an add-on to your holster that allows you to accessorize. You can add on bag pouches, tourniquet pouches, you name it. Also for me, it adds a little bit more stability, and it also adds a little bit more comfort. Um, because for the way I have it set up is it doesn't have the 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 kydex or plastic right up uh, right up, uh, up against the skin it has what's the material you're using the flex is various different sized pieces of laser cut hypalon to which you can attach any number of items that you would want to carry inside the waistband uh, accessory carriers magazine carriers flashlights knives you name it and it uh, organizes all of your concealed carry equipment into one grab and go unit that is flexible, thin, lightweight, and breathable. So you don't have a large uh, kydex uh, codpiece, <clears throat> kydex codpiece, or panel of rigid gear in your pants, and you also don't have to individually gear up every single item. Um, and when you do that, depending on whether or not you change your pants every day, you're going to have to renegotiate with different configurations of pants loops on your you know, belt loops on your pants in order to get your gear where you want it. So the flex frees you from having to position your gear around your pants and your belt. It frees you from that constraint and allows you to put your gear wherever you want, however you want, on one platform uh, that is grab and go ready. And you can tuck your clothes in, your tuck your shirt in rather, across the entire thing. It's fully tuckable. So there's no... Uh, piece of equipment so you know now you've got something okay you want to put a couple 10 speed pouches on it great now you've got tuckable concealed 10 speed pouches and all the utility that comes with something like that heck yeah 
Um, and going back to the Pro Series holster also, this being a Red Dot specific episode, these are compatible with Red Dot pistols, aren't they? Of course they are. Amazing. This is 2020. It's like you thought of this. What are the odds? So It's the future, man. It is. So that's Filster. And that's John from Filster. He is Filster. Um, also, a big thank you to Facts on Firearms. If you're one of those people that you're putting together guns, you're putting together your AR-15, you want a new barrel for your pistol, you need a threaded barrel for your pistol because we're all, we're all buying suppressors everywhere, silencers and whatnot. Facts on Firearms probably has exactly what you're looking at or looking for. They also come in various configurations, barrel lengths, gas types. If you're looking for a mid-length gas or a pistol or you name it, Facts on Firearms. They also have uh, uppers. My buddy Nate has one of their 9 mil ARs, which he seems to love very much because they are very fun. And if you, if you don't think that they're worth your time, you might want to try it out because I suspect you're going to change your mind. Also, big thank you to uh, Walther Firearms. So I got the Q5. No, the Q4 steel frame. I have Q5s too. Just got the, the brand new Q5 though, or the Q4. Uh, still waiting for the the plate from them. In the meantime, I do have my Q4 optic ready. You know, if you haven't checked out, just like with, with Faxon, if you haven't checked out the Walther pistols, you can't go wrong with the PPS or PPQ. The steel frame series are out, uh, outstanding, absolutely wonderful. But if you're looking for something that's a little more budget-oriented, the PPQ series is outstanding. You're, you may be getting budget price, but you're not getting budget performance or accuracy or ergonomics. The trigger is outstanding. Uh, for a striker-fired production pistol, the trigger, in my opinion, is absolutely unmatched. So, yeah, big thanks to, to Walther. Lastly, big thanks to you to our Patreon subscribers. If you go to patreon.com slash primary and secondary, you can help support the network. What that means is we have so many re resources available for everyone. It's helping us pay for all of that, whether it be the website, hosting, uh, uh, software for video editing, this specific program on Zoom. All this costs money. Patreon's helping us out. So big thanks to the Patreon subscribers. We do have a very, very, very large training event still in September. We're very excited about a lot of friends are coming out. A lot of friends are going to be teaching classes. It is going to be a buffet of training. That's going to be in Logan, Utah. September 4th, 5th, and 6th, or is it 5th, 6th, 7th? When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. It's one of those. It's been a long day. I've said that already. If you go to primaryandsecondary.com, look at the menu on the left-hand side. The very last option tells you more information about that event. Uh, we still do have some spots. 
come and join us, hang out. It is gonna be very training intensive. I'm excited about getting everyone together. So my background, my background's in law enforcement. Uh, I've been doing the cop thing for the past 20 years. Uh, currently sergeant covering patrol stuff at night and doing all the admin stuff and it's a good time. And I have a good group of people. I'm excited tomorrow, gonna be teaching or gonna be te uh, attending a class with John um, with kinetic, dang it, it I think I've, I think I've heat stroke. What the heck, I can't think straight. With John Dufresne with Kinetic Consulting. Um, one, one exciting thing about this, I've taken a class from John before, outstanding instructor, very excited about this class. It's a great class. Uh, it's basically his pistol and carbine class. I actually have a coworker that's gonna be in attendance with me. And just that alone is exciting because I normally don't have coworkers wanting to attend this kind of thing. So the opportunity to increase the skill sets in the, in the, in the department is awesome. So let's get some backgrounds going. Um, we do have Scott Jedlinski still, who's gonna be joining us here shortly. Unfortunately, traffic got him stuck somewhere. Let's start with John for background stuff. I'm John Houtman. I'm the owner That's of you. Filster Holsters, uh, where we make a variety of uh, concealed carry equipment, ranging from holsters to medical gear to other stuff. and. Uh, I've been doing that for just about a decade now. Getting getting pretty close to that decade mark. That's all. Who's next? Else? You don't have oh, anything I mean, else exciting? Uh, oh man. Um, uh, 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 no, I don't have anything else exciting right now. Medical, uh, cool medical stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. We we do like you know uh, tourniquet carriers, med kits. Uh, uh, also, all sorts of goodies like that. Really cool, low-profile, concealable equipment. Goodness. That's our that's our that's our wheelhouse. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a I'm a little burned out today. Oh, it's been man, I hear you. It's been a long few days, and they are burning my city down right now, which is yeah. exciting. I I relocated to Minneapolis just in time for uh, everything to go kind of haywire here. So. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I'm honestly, for the past few months, I've already become kind of exhausted by the feeling of their, you know, the constant drumbeat of uh, the whole world is so dangerous. And then now this, this stuff is fired up and it's just like, oh, come on, come on. I don't want to feel, I don't want to feel claustrophobic anymore. Yeah. It's really wearing me down. Going back to you specifically. One thing I really appreciate about the way you operate with Filster and just yourself is how you and Henry Holsters and um, Dark Star Gear and other companies like that, everyone gets along so nicely and they, they compare notes. They're, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's just so refreshing. It's, it's kind of, it's nice. And you guys will recommend each other. As oh yeah. Any, and anything that, that I don't make, I'll recommend Tom's gear or Andrew's yeah. gear pretty consistently. Tony at JM. I actually, actually carry my favorite gun in someone else's holster because we're not set up to make them. We haven't gone through the process of tooling up for it. And I love that gun so much. I am going to uh, carry it all the time in one of uh, Tony from uh, JM Customs holsters every day. Favorite gun. 
Oh, okay. Cool. Langdon oh, no. PX4 compact carry with yeah. the SRO. That's I feel cool. like I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna shoot Cylons with this thing, but uh, you are. You are. But it's awesome. I That's love that cool. thing. You know, I remember going to a friends of Pat and messing with one of uh, Langdon's PX4s, and yeah. it was impressive. Ever since then, I I I wouldn't turn one away. If I, I handled one at. Uh, I think it was NRA two years ago and I sweated it for like months and months and months. And I scraped together the money to get a gun. Like I, I have, you know, every, we all have probably enough guns until we find that one where you're like, Oh, that's right. I don't have enough guns and I have to get that one. Yeah. Joe Chambers uh, has another one of mine coming. Yep. Yeah. He'll do it. So, Oh, Oh, and gun guide, guns guide. Oh, that's right. The, the, the podcast. We've, uh, my wife and I wrapped up season one of our podcast, our, our first season, 12 episodes plus a couple bonus episodes. The podcast is called Guns Guide to Liberals, where we as kind of, you know, more socially liberal and civil libertarian uh, people who have a lot of liberal friends and a lot of liberal and Democrat gun owning friends put together a podcast that teaches people how to communicate with each other in such a way that you don't just have the same dumb fight about the same dumb issues all the time, how to get past the bumper stickers, how to identify the other person's values and have the conversation at the level of their values where you can actually be heard and understood. Um, season one went really well. Uh, you can find Guns Guide to Liberals on every podcast streaming service and uh, I think guns, if you just Google guns guide to liberals will come up. Uh, all of our episodes are short aside from the unscripted interview ones that occur here and there, but almost all of our episodes are like 25 to 30 minutes. So you're not mired in hours of us rambling about this. We put together uh, lesson plans um, and, uh, and it's a, it's a, le a teachable progression through the, the whole course. And we're getting geared up for season two, hopefully, we're going to have our uh, uh, studio completely squared away and we're going to do uh, season two is going to be a little bit more free form interviews with people, uh, maybe non-typical gun owners cool. and what their experience has been like. Cool. Yeah. Great resource. Thank you. So let's pick on Buck. <laughs> what's, what's your background? Why are you here? Tell us what makes your company different from others. Well, number one, I'm here because you asked me to be here. And well, besides I, that. <laughs> I, I, I have watched several episodes of this. I'm not a huge podcast fan. I'm not a, I don't have, I don't even have TV at home or at the shop. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit, <clears throat> I spend most of my time on Instagram or Facebook or here at the shop. Uh, so uh, but I do follow you because uh, there's been several mentions of our gear over the last couple of years and that piqued my curiosity. And, and then you became one of those bucket list things. And then, uh, you know, one of those things like, man, I wish I could get on there. And then you out of the blue, like, Hey bro, you want to be on the show? I'm like, eh, let me check my schedule. <laughs> what? And here I am. And then I invented my friends. I'm like, Hey Ben, Hey Jedi. So, uh, uh, born and raised Anchorage, Alaska, grew up in Minnesota, 
uh, 10 years, nine years in the Marine Corps, 13 years working in the building and at an agency in DC. Uh, semi kind of sort of retired out of that to raise my third child. I didn't want to put my third child through what my first two went through with being gone and deployed all the time. Um, mix in some law enforcement in there a little bit. Um, we started making rifles about eight years ago, nine years ago. Through that, we said, let's buy a CNC machines. Let's make some of our own parts. And then one of my buddies who was in my wedding that worked at Glock said, you should make this MLS plate thing because we can't get them from Austria. Like six years ago. Uh, so we made an MOS plate. We made 20. It's like, holy shit, we'll never, these, this is the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> so, so, so it literally took us like a year to sell 20 MOS plates. Then they were exact copy. And then we went to version one, version two, version three. And now I could really, I could really give a crap less if we made any precision rifles anymore. Um, precision rifles is a very, very small niche market and you got to work your ass off to sell a four or five or $6,000 rifle. Uh, and I, I'm convinced that our highest sales for adapter plates are at. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Like between 9 p.m. and 2 in the morning, I'm sure that people are have a couple cocktails, they're bored, and they're clicking around and they're just just dropping $50 bills like they're nobody's business. Um, and it has con completely transformed our company model. Um, the second thing I would say that has completely transformed our business model is uh, the friendships and the alliances that I've made in the pistol market. Uh, I, I really got out of the pistol market 10 years ago because it was so incestuous and so competitive and so old and I didn't like it. So we went to rifles and now we're back to pistols and we're working with people like Jedi, Scott, we're working with Ben. Some of these guys, I've not even, I've met Jedi a bunch of times. I've not met Ben in, in, in real life ever. But again, another company that when we were located in South Florida and I hired a couple guys that were doing pistol mods and I was like, well, we're doing really cool stuff, but they're doing real, those are the guys we need to keep up with. And, and then out of the blue, like, you know, and those are, these are like my bucket list people like uh, Fisher and 
Aaron Cohen and all these guys, we're just, we're just, we've got our heads down. We're doing what we think is right for the pistol industry. We're not trying to become popular. We're making alliances with really good, solid Christian conservative people. And then all of a sudden, all these names that are on my bucket list are coming to us and like, hey, we want to partner with you. We want to work with you. I'm like, I don't know what lottery I won, but I, I win a lottery about every week. Uh, and that's why Ben's here. That's why, you know, Jedi is going to be here later. So um, a couple points that you touched on earlier, Walter, uh, never been a Walter guy. I don't know why. Uh, we are soon about to launch a new strategic alliance partnership where we will be the machine shop in the U.S. Uh, here is the largely sought after uh, Holosun 407K. Uh, which I have. I also have the 509. We will be machining all PPSs for the 407K. That's uh, we'll cool. be machining all uh, PPQV or Q4s for acros and whatever. Uh, so Hollis or uh, not Hollison, uh, we'll work, we'll work well with Hollison, but Walter has come to us in a big way. We're going to be their US based machine shop. Um, and then, um, you know, something that you talked on with John earlier is what we've started with Jedi that I'm really super appreciative of and that I, that I want to put more effort into. It's like, I haven't talked about this with Scott yet, but it's almost like the black belt, uh, vendors or the black belt company owners, like they created a small group of guys that like we all like each other's product. Even we might be competitors, although I don't have a competitor in there. That's great. We'll keep, we should keep it that way. Um, but everybody that you look down the list, like the trainers, the holster guys, the pistol mod guys, the trigger guys, they're all dudes that you're like, they're on your bucket list. Like I would, I would willingly run their shit. I would pay for their shit and put it on my gun. And somehow I wiggled my way into that. And I'm so privileged and honored to be part of that group. Um, and you're one of them. So um, you're, you're like the voice of all of us. So I'm happy and pleased, honored, privileged to be here carrying the flag for my company. A bunch of dudes. Um, you know, here's our latest product uh, that has really pissed off a bunch of people. It's a... STI duo plate that's a hundred thousandths thick. Um, Wait a minute, was it, wasn't that like two inches tall before? I don't know. Now, now here's here's the very most special thing about this. Not only did we piss off a bunch of people because we're doing it and we're fixing. You know, I like I like to say, send us what you consider awesome and we'll make it perfect. Yeah. Okay. Here's the best part about this that nobody knows, and it'll be on this podcast. This entire, I, my, the conception was mine. The person, the employee of mine who drew this, drafted this, prototyped this, and made this reality is a high school student who's at a community college that's 16 years old. Cool. So if business owners are not seeking out their next generation of help uh, and they're looking to you know, bring in free agents, I, I like to think of my entire company is made up of dudes that are 30 years and younger. It, we are the A, AA, AA, AAA baseball team 
Uh, I know some of them are going to leave and go somewhere else, but they're affordable. They love to, they love to, you know, you give them a hundred dollar bill a week as a bonus and they will knock down walls for you. So, you know, they're, you know, I make pistol adapter plates. That's, that's what I bring to the table. Very small piece of aluminum that keeps your red dot on. That's cool. So does that mean Cody's going to be sending me one of yours for my steel frame? <laughs> Cody is very happy with this. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and just like what you said, it's really cool. And John and I talked about it briefly. The good guy companies really look out for each other. And it's, it's so refreshing and it's so nice. Well, you, you, you did say something earlier, like John's making men holstered and, and I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a holster geek. I don't, I couldn't, I, I, I've got a whole shitload of holsters. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. I now have one of John's because I was at a Jedi class and, and my time sucked and he pulled one out of his backpack and said, use this one. And my times instantly got cut in half. Um, so I can appreciate that people are trying to, and, and Ben would appreciate this too. Like people think that they can go to freaking Home Depot and bought a soldering iron and do stippling jobs for like 20 bucks. Yeah. Good That's luck with that. Are made. Right. So, um, you know, the people that are making holsters, they're making plates that are doing pistol mods. You know, this, this is, this is not our first rodeo. We've been doing this for six years and there are other companies that are just now jumping into this like, oh, our plate's made of steel. It's better to mount your aluminum bodied glass filled electronics. Dude, John Browning roll over in his grave if he knew you were shooting a polymer frame pistol. So it, your adapter plate doesn't need to be made out of steel. That's some marketing bullshit. So yes, it should be yeah. tungsten or titanium. Clearly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> cool. Um, I just use a uh, a piece of that really heavy duty 3M double sided tape, that's and that way I can put the optic on on whatever gun I want whenever I want to change it up. Velcro works really good, but the problem with uh, Velcro is that it's not tactical, and every time you want to change, say you, say you want to switch optics mid mid operation, you got to do that and put it on the next gun, and I yeah. can't have that. Man, that sucks. I hadn't thought of that. So the Velcro I, will get you killed in the streets, dude. It will. It will. Um, I don't remember what year it was. I met Ben at Shot Show, and I found out about what he did. And I sent my duty Glock 35 to him, and that opened my eyes, and it opened the eyes of many other people on how the Glock is a blank canvas, and you can do so many good things to it, and you can improve on it, and that's where. Foresight Solutions comes in. Ben, take it away. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, I'm Ben Simonson. Uh, I own Foresight Solutions. We're a custom shop in South Florida. We specialize in uh, polymer custom polymer frame duty carry pistols. And uh, I've been doing this about a little over 18 years now. Like, well, getting paid to work on guns for since uh, 2002. Started out with you know ARs, different things. Gradually gravitated into into plastic pistols. Um, back when I got started, the reason I got started was because there was only like a handful of companies nationwide doing it. And, uh, I knew what I wanted done. Cause I, I've, I've, uh, I've always been a shooter my whole life since I was a kid. My dad was a gunsmith. Um, so yeah, I got my first Glock after I switched over from, you know, real guns, metal frame guns. I got my first Glock and it was like a love hate relationship. I was like, 
I love the simplicity, the rugged reliability, the capacity, everything, but I hated the ergonomics, the trigger. There was a lot, a lot I didn't like about it, but, um, I'd always worked with my hands. So, so I, you know, so after I looked at who out there was doing the work, because at first I was just going to send it off and have someone else do it. And I looked at their work and I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't like how it looked because I'm, I'm big on aesthetics. And, um, so I looked at what they were doing. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pay someone to do this. So Glock isn't that expensive. You know, the, the plastic's plenty thick. There's a lot of meat to work with. So, you know, I just very, but w even my very first gun, which I did for myself, I went into it with a plan. I knew exactly because I was a shooter already, you know, coming out of the military, did a lot of training there and, you know, got into training when I got out, I knew what I wanted to accomplish. So I went in with a plan and really slowly, carefully took me a long time to do my first one. But when it was done, um, it fit my hand like, um, and then it needed traction. And I didn't want to just stipple it and put on a ugly functional traction, traction pattern. I wanted to put on something that looked like it belonged. You know, that was kind of organic to the platform. So I'm putting that on there. I'm like, okay, you know, something's missing. Oh, edge lines, you know, so let me frame it in with edge lines. And, and by the time I was done, I had something that not only fit my hand nice, but looked pretty nice too. And it looked like, I mean, it was really crude back then. My work, work back then was pretty crude. It wasn't bad, but it was crude. <laughs> and uh, other people, you know, when the, when the first people saw my gun, they're like, oh man, that's great. Where'd you get it done? And uh, I'm like, no, I did it, to my, did it myself. Like, what's your company? company? You know, I did it myself. Well, can you do mine? So literally from my first gun, I was kind of in business and it just grew steadily from there. I, uh, you know, did it kind of under the table for quite a few years. And then it got to the point where I couldn't do that anymore. Partnered with a local gun shop, uh, real cool guy I met. And, uh, you know, he and I worked together for a couple of years under his FFL. Then it finally reached the point where I was like, you know what, the volume is so steady that, um, you know, I think I can strike out on my own. So I opened my first shop at a little shop, like 500 square feet down in little Haiti in Miami for quite a while. And I've just, you know, moved and grown since then. But the, what, what really helped me is that I kind of attracted other shooters, like people that were experienced shooters, they saw the work, they recognized the changes and how they're beneficial, and they wanted it done. So I'm building gun what to do, but they're also coming back to me with their ideas. Hey, Ben, you know, what about this? Can you do this? Can you, can you relieve this here? Can you open this up? Like, like some of the things that I came up with a, a long time ago, like, like the glove bevel, for example, that's, um, that's a modification you see everywhere. Basically every shop does it now. I came up with it. I named it. And that was at the request of uh, Miami Dade SWAT guys. Cause they wanted more room inside the trigger guard. They wanted to reduce the interference on their trigger finger. So I was like, yeah, I can bevel this out, you know, cause they also wore gloves and so that was one of the things but a lot of the stuff that has come out of our shop and what still comes out of our shop is a lot of distilled experience from real shooters not you know not people who go to the range and target practice but people who go to the range and train and shoot you know tens of thousands or more rounds a year and they come back to us with their feedback they come back with their suggestions and that all goes into the pot and that's what keeps us continuously evolving so that's about it good stuff good stuff and i, I remember having that 35 and going to the range with coworkers and I'd, I'd say, Hey, you, you got to shoot this. And some of them would say, I don't want to, because it's just going to ruin my pistol because I'm going to want that. And someone would say, yeah. yeah, let me go shoot that. Or we'd be on break. Hey, let me see your pistol. They just hold it and go, yeah, this is what it's about. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that. Well, that, that's how it usually goes. You know, a guy gets guy gets their uh, their first gun back, and they're like, "Oh man, you know, it's like now I got to send you all the rest." It's a so, new gun. But, oh, by the way, that uh, yeah, by the way, that original gun I did for you. If it's uh, if it's if you still got it and the texture's worn out, we've got a, a free re. Oh, cool. Policy because because our you know our clients tend to be shooters hard use shooters and you're going to wear it out filled up with gunk that the texture gets worn down and even though our texture pattern has evolved a lot it used to be really fragile you get worn down quickly now what we do over the last i don't know five six seven years it's the, the newer pattern going back about that far is a lot more rugged and durable but if our clients wear out their grip texture we will retech clean it up and retexture it for free all they got to do is cover the shipping you know if there's little things we can do to kind of bring it, you know, bring it up to modern standards, like our frame index points, those reference points on either side, we used to do them one way where they didn't go all the way back to the takedown lever. So you'd have like a ridge up against your thumb, you know? So if a client has one of the original style with frame index points that are shorter and, you know, not as open, just as a courtesy, we'll do what we can to open them back up just to, you know, just so that they can always benefit from the newest stuff that we, that we do. That is awesome. Do you still do repair? Uh, repair when on, people really mess up their, their, guns. uh, no, no, we, we used, we used to, well, I used to, um, you know, this is like, now I got, you know, employees that, you know, that work alongside me that I trained them and everything. So we can do a lot more. I used to do it. Um, and then I stopped for a couple of reasons is first I realized just some of these things that came in, you know, I'd, I'd have people cause most of our customers are not local, you know? only maybe 20% of our customer base is local. The rest is nationwide. So if they had a repair job, they're like, okay, send me pictures of this. I try to analyze it from the photographs. And more often than not, it would come in a lot worse than I could see, but I'd already committed to it and I had to do it. And um, so there's a lot of liability there. Um, you know, so it's like, basically, it's our project and it's our headache. So Two reasons. I stopped for that, for the liability and the headaches. Um, and a lot of times too, you know, there was stuff that I couldn't see. So I would quote a repair just on photographs and it would come in and I'd find stuff that just wasn't visible. And I'd end up, you know, doing, having to do a lot more work and, you know, I couldn't charge more for it because I'd already quoted. But also I found out about this great re warranty replacement policy that Glock has where like for a hundred and change, you know, with shipping and whatever it takes to get it there, you get a brand new frame complete with all internals. So it just doesn't make, and that's the best deal going. You can't buy a brand new frame complete with all. It just doesn't make sense to settle for a fixed frame that yeah. may have flaws underlying that I just can't fix or something's compromised when we can just start, start from scratch. Makes you know, and the other thing too is a lot of our repairs, you know, a lot of the repair repair fee was usually more than the cost of a new frame anyway, plus whatever work that was being done. So, you know, it's, it just doesn't make sense to fix them anymore when we can help a client get a brand new frame to start with and start fresh with our work. Makes sense. Good stuff. I guess we can talk to Scott. I guess Scott can do his intro now. We, we kind of drew things out to make sure he could be here. I appreciate that guy. Sorry about that. Uh, Chicago metro area traffic is unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so just my intro. All right, whatever you want. All right. So whatever. All right. So uh, my name is Scott, uh, Scott Jablinski. Uh, I am the uh, head instructor of Modern Seminar Project, uh, specialized in AIWB and red dot pistol classes. 
uh, non-mill, non-LE, lifelong martial artist, um, fast coin number 15, masterclass USPSA shooter, and curator of fine Asian facial hair. <laughs> it's only half Asian, though. I can't believe we get to see that for free. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> look, look, the stinger and this are almost touching now. That's almost a complete happy trail. That's right. Treasure trail to you, buddy. Uh, Treasure trail. Yeah. <laughs> and you've been growing that shit since Pennsylvania. You ain't lying, bro. Since middle school. You yes. ain't lying. Dude, that new Just for Men uh, shampoo's coming in to darken all this. We're going to see the magic happen in a few weeks. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, is it serious? You gotta, you gotta, what are we, what are we doing here? And tell us to paint the fence. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mr. Miyagi. Uh, exactly. we, we're just doing intros right now. We're about to jump into the meat and potatoes of the topics. Outstanding. Perfect timing. So... What I've been doing recently is I'm not calling on any specific person. It's up to you. If, if you have an answer, share. My first question for you is, so if someone's looking at, at, uh, at a red dot, why is this something they should consider? Uh, so the, the benefits are obvious, right? Especially now that the uh, technology has matured, is reliable, um, is the way the human body is built to see, right? With target slash threat focus. One focal plane is always better than three. I'm not saying you can't do great things with three focal planes. Obviously there are amazing shooters out there. Uh, for example, our friend, uh, Tim Heron. It's just easier with one focal plane. Um, for self-defense purposes, it's easier in low light. It's uh, easier to see. It's easier to teach new students because they see what more they're doing. That goes in, into advanced students, right? The diagnosis and fixing of things because we are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News and World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People can actually see what's going on or the feedback what they get from the dot is, is, is clear and obvious, right? Uh, we are getting on the path now for a while, you know, we've been having this battle of, well, they said the same arguments about the carbine and blah, 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 as far as putting a red dot on it. The um, technology is mature enough to where that uh, analogy is becoming closer and closer and closer. Uh, no one, now I'm not going to say anyone, but for the most part, when people learn on a carbine, they learn with a dot, Right. Pistol has matured to be the same way because the benefits are clear with one focal plane shooting. 
Anyone else? I struggled for years with my shooting before I realized how much my vision has to do with it. And on the one hand, uh, people with astigmatism and who wear corrective lenses, some of them complain about the way the dot appears in the glass. Like they might experience bloom or uh, a dot that changes shape and size relative to you know what it should be. They'll see a photograph of the dot and it'll be a perfect pinpoint or what have you. And when they see it, it'll be like a, a bit more of a blob. And so people think, oh, well, you know, you've got astigmatism, you shouldn't use a dot because the dot doesn't look perfect. Well, it looks a hell of a lot better than uh, what you get when you try to use sights when you've got a severe astigmatism. So for example, I would always struggle with front sight focus. First of all, I would get incredible eye fatigue after a very short period of time of straining to see the front sight. And then on top of that, when the front sight was my focus, I wouldn't just see a blurry target. I'd see two targets in the distance, right? Even one eye open, two eyes open, it would, the, the target in the distance would start to vanish. And I don't know about you, but if I'm shooting at something, I want to see the target the best, right? That seems like the most important thing to be seeing. Um, so then I would uh, soft focus and I would look at the target and have a, a soft front sight. And then you play the game of, well, what the hell sights work best for that application? And I found that, you know, like a really small fiber optic site would work the best for that because when it's blurry, you still get, you know, a lot of light around the, the site and uh, the dot, the, the, the fiber doesn't bleed and blur past the edges of the site. Like something like a, you know, when you target focus, when you're shooting with something like HDs or excess sites, the bright front site kind of blurs and obliterates the front site. So now you don't have a front site. Now you can't track it. And so when you're dealing with all the challenges that come with uh, vision, how your corrective lenses uh, interact with your, your, your vision issues, a dot that isn't a perfect dot is way better than any kind of uh, 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 iron sighting solution, period. Like I don't even use iron sights on a rifle because I, th my eyes just don't work that way. I can see the front sight, but then there's no target. Like, oh, you, you can use iron sights out to 500 yards. I can't see iron sights and a 500-yard target away. I can see a dot and a 500-yard target away. Like, that's no problem. So the uh, issues of eye sprinting, eye fatigue, actually seeing what you need to shoot, all of that is solved with a dot given a certain range of really uh, serious uh, uh, prescription lens issues. That was a topic that uh, Bill Blowers brought up. And I really appreciate it. And it answered some questions personally for me. What good is it if, and this might be skipping to a different topic slightly, but uh, people bring up, well, do you co-witness your irons? Oh, you chingala. If, if your eyesight doesn't allow you to effectively use irons, maybe you just need to stick with a dot. Well, right now, technology has definitely improved where red dot, hey, what do you know? Um, where these red dots are, they're rather durable. Are they perfect? Are they infallible? No. Can they fail? Yes. This is going to be something that you're going to have to decide for yourself. A well, lot so of people irons. that are new to this. Yeah. So and irons I, can. Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember the last pistol that I haven't shot the front sight off of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and for the record, I've had more iron sights fail in my classes than red dots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When people yeah, they, say, they, oh, you need, you need backup irons for your red dot. I'm like, yeah, but if you've got iron sights, you should have backup irons for your irons too, considering how often they fail. Like you should have four, you should have yeah. four sights on your gun. 
Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a question. So, so John, does your astigmatism affect the sh shape of the dot? A little bit. It, okay. it, it blooms and the dot is kind of diagonally oblong a little okay. bit to me. Let me, let me double check here. Buck, see what about you, buddy? Buck, do you have an astigmatism? Oh, I just wear these because they make me look cool. That's what I thought. Yeah, that buddy. That sexy librarian thing. Same. Right. So, because if you I don't wear glasses and you can't take them off dramatically. Yeah. I have an astigmatism and the dots ever not been a clear circle for me, unless of course I bloom the thing way back up. But my question is this, and it's like one of those things, like I don't see those weird shapes, so I can't uh, talk to it. But I talk to people like, what does it look like? Well, it looks like a weird half moon. Well, what MOA is that half moon? I don't know, four? Then who cares? <laughs> then who cares, you know? So has, has, has your astigmatism with the oblong dot ever affected your accuracy or your ability to get stuff done? That depends on the size of the dot. Early in my exploration of the dot, I went with a bigger dot at a lower brightness setting because I knew that it was going to bloom. And the more that it bloomed, the less I could see and the more my astigmatism would fight that. So I said, okay, let me play around with a six and a half MOA RMR for a little while so I can pick a lower brightness setting and still see a clear dot, right? So maybe the size of the dot will allow me to run it at a lower brightness so I don't get any bloom. Well, that works fine until you're uh, using, you know, like a bright white light or shooting in really direct sunlight and you have to dial it up anyway, at which point it blooms and, you know, daylight shooting, uh, white light shooting, uh, you know, I, I would struggle with that. But, you know, in the rest of the, the environments that I would shoot in, all the other ranges of light, it would work fine. And I said, I said uh, let me try a smaller dot. I went down to the two and a half MOA SRO and I mm -hmm. punched the brightness up on that a little more consistently. And so it's going to bloom, but the dot's smaller and I get better results with the smaller dot at a brighter brightness setting, even if it blooms a little bit more. So like yeah. I used to, I used to struggle a little at 25 with uh, a six and a half. Sorry about that. Ringtone um, doesn't seem to match your personality. Just got to say. Um, okay. I used to struggle at 25 putting together good groups with this six and a half MOA um, RMR in daylight. But now the, the SRO is not an issue, but I also put it on this demon of a gun that will hit anything I pointed at. Including Cylons. So you have a double action pistol with an SRO on it, right? Double single. Double single with double single. An, SRO. an SRO. Streets will swallow you up, my friend. Look at that star. Oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for those aliens to come around the street. That's right. Look at that, dude. Well, let's get back to why you should shoot a dot. Like, like 30 years ago, I joined the Marine Corps, and I'd been hunting for 10 years already with a scope on my rifle. Okay? A scope is no different than these red dots you guys are shooting. And it's intuitive. Why do you, how, why is it so easy to teach my eight year old to shoot a target at 1200 yards? Cause it's intuitive. Put the freaking crosshairs on the target, hold left edge and pull the trigger. So, and then you go to the Marine Corps and you're like, no iron sights. Arr. So I learned how to shoot iron sights on my rifle and iron sights on my pistol. And you're like, Oh my God, this is hard. This sucks. This isn't even, even close to shooting deer back home. 
and then you get out and and you continue and then and then we get out and we work for DOD and we're putting red dots on all our gas guns like it's awesome and like the 21st century has finally caught up to pistols it's it's so intuitive i can my 8 year old who went to jedi's class with me we brought her home and she's like dad put a red dot on my oh dear god look at uh, that thing up, Jim? <laughs> um, she wanted me to put a red dot on her 22 and we took her to the range right. because she it's it's so intuitive whether you're a grandmother or a kid those are the extremes grandmother or your child and if they can hit shit at 25 yards it's easy like you don't have to give any instruction like front sight rear sight hold this like put the red dot on it or put the crosshairs. It's so easy. If you're shooting iron sights past the next two years, you're either dumb or stupid. Or you don't have the funding. No. Or someone's paying you. Yeah. I, think, I think that's about to be a, a non-issue. I think there the days some of- wicked ass, inexpensive, okay vortex. Dude, if you don't have the money, Save your ammo budget for like two weeks and go buy a Vortex razor or something that's just good enough and put it on your pistol and you'll hit a lot more shit. And if it breaks, they'll replace it. Yeah. I've had more front sights failed than Vortex optics in my class. There you go. So the way I was taught to shoot a red dot is I find my target. I am target focused. I superimpose the dot on what I want to shoot. I'm not focusing on the dot, opposite of using irons where you kind of focus on that front sight and you shoot. That seems to be much easier for people to understand. And it seems to be much more intuitive to be on a defensive weapon where naturally we may be focusing on that threat anyway. So you just put the dot on it. Hey, amazing. Yeah, it also, yep. it also means a, a lot less visual gymnastics, you know? Yes. Like, you know, because with iron sights, you know, you got to, acquire the target, identify the target, and then switch your, switch your focus back to the front sight to make the shot. With the red dot, both eyes open. I mean, it's like, and if the target's far away with irons, you probably gotta, I, I, got, I have to close one eye to get a, get a clear picture for a distant shot with a red dot, both eyes open, always on the target. Your, your focus never has to come back to the gun. It never has to go back and forth, you know? So both eyes open, always on the target, you know, and for a self-defense situation or a law enforcement situation, you're always watching what the threat is doing, you know, what they're doing with their hands, whatever. You never have to bring your eye back to the front of the gun to make the shot. The, the term for that is called eye sprinting, which I learned, I think, I think Aaron Cowan dropped eye sprinting on me and, or it was either him or, 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 or Johnson dropped eye sprinting on me. First or time did I, I get it from Gabe White. He dropped yeah. it. Yeah. Gabe, uh, Gabe White talks about uh, accommodation, right? Which is basically switching focal planes on the fly and how to accommodate that without getting nauseous and throwing up like I do when I shoot irons. Yeah. And then on top of it, like what if you've got different lighting conditions where you are versus where the threat is? So not only do you have to eye sprint the focal plane, you've got to eye sprint the dilation and the adjustment. So your eyes are going crazy while you're trying to uh, assess and shoot at a threat. If you're not, if, if you're even control in perfect control of the dilation, you know, if you're not already dilating out of some kind of uh, 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 
excited reaction to the circumstances. So you're going to sprint back and forth and not see very well. Yep. And the, uh, funny enough, uh, the dirty little secret is that the best iron sight shooters in the world in competition, they all shoot target focus, right? Uh, because they know what to look for. That's how you get guys like JJ Ricasa, Shane Coley, Max Michelle, uh, Ben Steger, yada, yada, yada. Uh, even our friend Tim Heron, who can go from irons to slide right optic to open gun and transition with no problem because they're shooting at all target focus. Right. Ben Steger says he doesn't shift to front sight focus unless it's a 50 yard shot. Right. So they you should for us mortals, we should all just be shooting the dot anyway, because it's easier to do it target focus. Just something to think about, you know? And I know there's gonna be someone that hears that and thinks, oh well, if that's the case, I should do it. The difference between us mere mortals and those high-end shooters, round counts, training, proficiency. I'm definitely at no nowhere near any of those guys. I'm gonna stick with what actually works for and employ yeah and employ a mechanical advantage which is the dot the dot yep which is the dot right none of us can run faster than a horse unless we're in a car so employ the mechanical advantage it's cheating absolutely it's cheating if you ain't cheating cheating, you're not trying yep right that's right 100 percent, man you know so we've caught we've talked about eyesight what about that learning curve? Now, Scott, I've attributed to you multiple times in explaining how we cheat with irons and how we can't do that with, with a red dot. Would you mind fishing for, so basically we get a cheat using an iron sided gun. Oh, right. We always have that orientation. We can always see where that, where that iron sight is. We can't so, do that with a dot. So we talk about iron, the one advantage iron sights may have is that you know they're always in your peripheral and you can correct them on the way out. With a dot, they're enclosed in a a hood, a shroud, or whatnot, so you can't get away with that. But the thing about irons is that with most people, right, their draw looks something like like that, right? You can't get away with that with the dot, right? So with the dot, it forces you to have the correct presentation, right? Uh, As you come up, support hands even. As it comes up, you know, you can put a little pinky pressure on there depending on your uh, gun platform and its angle, how much pinky pressure you use, and it drops the dot down every single time. Then you take that efficient technique, and if you'd like to, go back to your irons and watch your irons pop up every single time, right? Uh, The the dot compared to irons, right? The, The way I like to compare is irons are a Honda Accord, right? Your dot is a Ferrari. No one is going to argue that a Honda Accord is better than a Ferrari, right? But a Honda Accord will get you into A and B and not and never get you into trouble. A Ferrari, well, you can do an amazing things in a Ferrari, but if you don't know how to run it, you're going to put into the wall, right? So that's the analogy in between. But once you drive a Ferrari and you get to the highest end of that manipulation of that vehicle, you can pretty much drive anything that you want. It's the same thing with the dot, right? When you practice with the dot, it will make you better with irons. Just like when you practice with a pistol, you get better with your carbine, but not the other way around. If that, you know, if that makes sense. Absolutely. 
Yeah, that's um, that's one of the things that I found with once I switched over to to the dot is because you have to be like on the draw on the presentation. You can't be sloppy because if you're like like Scott said, if if you're punching out and you're all over the place, you're gonna have the gun out in front of you and you'll be fishing for the dot in the glass. So you got you know one of the things that I've I've found is that you got to be really clean and really precise and consistent on the draw, so you're presenting it out straight even to give you the most time you know, with the gun flat in front of your face to acquire the dot. And when you do that for a while, you go back to irons and you find that basically it's like, you can't be sloppy with a dot. You can be a little bit sloppy with irons, but once you, once I ran the dot for a while and I go back to my irons, I find my draw and my presentation is a lot more precise and clean and persistent because you can't get away with that with the dot. Yep. The dot gives you a lot more information about what you're doing in every step of the process. And irons don't, you know, it's, it's the difference between, you know, uh, you know, black and white and 64 bit color. Uh, you know, like uh, even like just literal black and white where you've got like a halftone pattern, the way they print newspapers where it's just dots of black or white in a, in a, in a, in different sizes and in different densities. That's iron sights. Um, and a dot is much more uh, high resolution about what it is that you're doing, where your inconsistencies are, um, the amount of like wobble that you experience, the, uh, the people try to get over precise with it, you know, and uh, they see that dot not being perfect. And they take that to mean that there's something really wrong. It's like, well, no, your irons were always that screwed up too and you still press the trigger because you got a really coarse low resolution go no go uh, bite of information delivered to you about where your sights were oriented relative to the target and you were familiar enough to go oh i know that when my sights look like this i can press the trigger and get a hit your gun was just as janky in relationship to the target as it is now with the dot but it just looks further off because you've got more information in that uh sight picture well, there's a there's there's a drill that we do with Jedi <clears throat> at two or three yards where you're not shooting at a target, you're just shooting at the berm. And he walks down the line. And he's asking people, "What what was your dot doing? Was it doing from from center position to twelve? Was it, were you losing it outside the window? Was it going to the right? Like everybody on the line can answer that. They're like, "Oh, it's going up and." up to one o'clock and it's with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's coming back. Ask somebody what their iron sights are doing when they shoot them. They, they, they cannot give you any reasonable 
feedback, except they're gone. They gone. And then using the dot during dry fire, it gives you so much information on your trigger press. Let's see that same information with irons. It's not possible. It's not as precise. So what I'd like to do is cover a lot of things that uh, for some reason I still see people bring up, which are wrong. Battery life. Personally for me, when I'm carrying a red dot pistol, the dot that I'm carrying is powered. I also keep it on at all times. I change out batteries on my birthday. They go for a year, change them out. Anyone experience any different or do something differently? Do you change them on my birthday as well? Oh, muted. That could have been really funny, I can tell, but. Yeah, so Matt, I, I change it on our wedding anniversary. Yes, we do. We share one. We do. We do. <laughs> so I, I can tell you that there is a very reputable federal agency who I thought would have had the funding to change them every six months, no more than every 12 months. And they're going to do them every 18 months mm -hmm. because we are going to send them new screws and new T-nuts to last them the life cycle of a pistol, which is five years. And we have to send them three years or three battery changes. I'm like, every 18 months-ish? Oh, yeah. So I, I know mine lasts that long. Oh, and I probably should mention I'm not running any acros. So uh, if, if I were running an acro, I wouldn't have an issue with I just change the battery more frequently. Yeah, you, no you change it every, every time you make a cup of coffee. What I do is every time I shop at Big Tech's Outdoors, I add a uh, 2032 to my cart no matter what I'm doing. It's either that or a PMAG. You know, whatever I'm buying, I'm going to pick up a like, extra PMAG or an extra 2032. And uh, I'll open the drawer of my toolbox that has all the batteries in it. And I'll go, oh, man, there's a bunch of 2032 batteries in here. I'll change the battery in something. I'll pick, pick something that I haven't uh, changed the battery in and change the batteries. So I always have batteries, never don't. And whatever I can't remember changing the battery in gets a fresh battery. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I carry spares in my patrol truck. Just in case. Because things happen. Just like everything else, nothing is infallible. There might be a battery that's going to have a shorter life. No big deal. Swap it. And it's not going to be right when I need it because I check my gear. I drive fire. I maintain my stuff. So... My red is always on. I do mine every six months because your battery going dead in the middle of a class is very embarrassing. I so, imagine. yeah. So then I do just mine. Close your eyes. Yeah. At, 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 I use my backup irons. Um, it's, never, it's never happened, though. It's never happened. Um, so I do my best to change mine out on New Year's and on July 4th. So that's about every six months, right? Just about, maybe, you know. Um, I just remember those dates, right? Uh, and yeah, easy day. Never had a problem. So I also prefer to have uh, manual brightness versus auto because if I'm in a dim setting and I'm using and I'm sh shooting something that's lit, I don't know how my dot's going to react. I am I going to have a washed out dot? I'd rather just have control of that. And it's usually uh, on a, on a much brighter setting so I can use it 
I can use it midday. I can use it in the middle of the night using my weapon light. It's still functional during in, in normal conditions without using my weapon light. Yeah, on the same way, uh, all the way up down to learn to shoot with this light bloom. You're good to go. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Interesting enough, a uh, very high speed team whose name will not be mentioned. Um, they're leaning more to the auto adjust feature. Not hmm. so they shoot RMO sixes, but they keep it on the auto adjust because for their purposes, CQB, low light, you know, NVGs and stuff like that. They've actually found the auto adjustment of the RMO six to be pretty robust for them which is interesting. And I, I can add nothing to that because, well, no NVGs on this guy's head. You know what I mean? Um, so I found that very, very interesting, right? Uh, I think the main lesson here is to vet everything, regardless of like, if I have a preference or if John has a preference or Ben or, or, you know, or whomever, uh, you need to vet all that stuff out. You know what I mean? Because A, uh, none of us are showing up to your dry fire practice, your live fire practice, your match or your gunfight, right? So if you're doing anything based on what a cool guy on the internet says, you're wrong. You need to vet it out for yourself. Amen. I don't prefer auto adjust in a concealment context because it will be adjusted to the relative brightness under your shirt. Yeah, so I agree. Un unlike, um, you know, if, if, even if you, you have like a, uh, uh, a protective hood on the holster over your uh, optic, it's still getting some amount of ambient light and it doesn't have to adjust as far necessarily to reach the, you know, uh, intended destination brightness that it wants. But when you're coming out from under a cover garment, there's a pretty, there's a, the, the lag time in the dot adjustment exceeds my draw stroke by probably a second at least and that's a big distraction and it's often really wrong yeah. for the context so i'll lock out the auto adjustment on the sro let's talk about those options i've had good luck with uh with the hollow suns with the 509 i've had good luck with the trigicons i've only had one trigicon rmr go down i only have one sro which has been a really great optic. It's just not duty worthy according to someone on the internet. Um, I've also heard some negative things though about the hollow suns, but man, based on what I'm seeing there, they seem to be good performers, good battery life, stout, stout manufacturing. Scott, what are you seeing in your classes? Yeah. So if we go directly to failures, uh, I would say that the number, the, the, the title of number one failure brand, um, and this is not, you know, I don't have anything against them. I just, you know, wish they would get better a little bit, but, uh, SIG optics fail the most. Um, that being said, I don't even consider the RMS shield a real optic. So yeah. if you brought a Bushnell to my class and it failed, well, surprise, surprise, right? It's the same thing with the RMS shield. Sorry, you know. Yeah. Um, so of the legit runners out there, uh, the uh, that one fails the most. Okay. Um, other than that, you know, I haven't had too many vortex uh, vortex optics fail. Um, 
if a hollow sun failed, it's on version one, it was for two reasons. They did have a small SKU set where there was some connectivity to the to the battery con to the battery contacts or whatnot, but and they failed and they would replace them right away and they never had a problem again. Right. Um, the other issue was the person uh, screwed the battery door in like a gorilla and it wasn't flush. So it was flickering um, and they couldn't screw it in flat. I haven't had those problems. Um, uh, our, our friend AJ Zito had that had the uh, flickering problem once and they immediately overnighted him again. He hasn't had it. And that's really all he shoots now, to be honest with you. And I hope I'm not misspeaking on that. Um, our Mars, uh, they, I think I've had a few, but just cause the frequency of our Mars in my class is much higher than everything else. Um, I had a couple type ones go down, but you know, that was because they were using energizer batteries. And once I gave them a Duracell, it didn't have an issue. Um, one you know, probably the most significant RMR failure was the glass popped out, but he had documented 50,000 rounds on that RMR. Uh, that's some pretty good ROI from what I'm concerned. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm concerned. What about Leupold? I understand there's a new generation coming out and it's not, I don't remember what the details were, but it sounded yeah. really cool. Uh, such is the rumor, such is, such, such is the rumor, right? I don't um, have any direct information from Leupold. Um, but from what I understand, they're coming out with a much more robust, uh, thing, you know, better betting electric, electronic potting, potting. I don't know if the actual form factor is going to change at all. Do you ever see their, the, the, I can't even remember what it's called. Theirs. Their what? The, the, do you ever see their, the, the loophole? Delta point. Delta point. That's what it's oh, called. Point. Fail. I'll take Delta Point for 500, Alex. I have a Delta Point right here. Yeah. I haven't, but the reports that I have seen, the Delta Point Pro right now has been out for what? Five years? Oh, but how often do you see them in class? Oh, all the time. Okay. All the time. Um, I haven't had the experience of them failing, but people that I trust uh, have seen. You, you want to come here, bro? Yeah. Uh, they're like a box of chocolates these days. Well, right? life is like a box of chocolates. Yeah. So I'm going to let Jim here. Jim's coming. Um, he put a hat on, so he's not heat miser. Uh, <laughs> ironically enough, my uh, Delta Point Pro is at. Hi, guys. Hey, Gibson. Yo, what's up, Jim? Uh, my uh, loophole is actually at uh, uh, returns right now, getting looked at. Uh, I had probably. Mm, maybe four to 5,000 rounds on mine. Went to put it in the bottom shelf uh, of my safe. Uh, nicked the safe, so I dropped it just on the corner. Not even, not even a foot and a half. Picked it up, checked it, and my dot was all the way at the right-hand side of my window. Uh, went into work that night, went right up to the range, shot around, it returned to zero. Uh, tapped it again to see if I could reproduce the problem, and sure enough, over and over again, the slightest little tap on the housing and would send the zero uh, all the way left, right. It was completely inconsistent with the, the tiniest little tap. Wow. Again, sample size of one. It's been there for uh, five and a half weeks. He's not the only one I've heard that about. So, so. good to know.
Yeah, he, he's not the only one. That being said, let's be clear, Newpold is a great company. Yep. They are innovator in, in, uh, in the industry, right? Um, they are working, from what I understand from that rumor, to mature the technology. And let's hope that they do. Let's hope that they do, right? Because everybody getting better only benefits everybody else. Yes. Hashtag fact. Yeah. On the other hand, dude, I've had my, uh, my Delta Point Pro on the SIG 320 that Ben did for me. I probably have three, 4,000 rounds on that thing, right? Um, zero issues. Zero issues. Cool. Right? So going from the options, the red dot options, now mounting options, because that seems to be mm -hmm. one thing that a lot of people are afraid of because that's an investment if your gun doesn't allow you to uh, direct mount. So let's talk about those mounting options. I have a little bit of experience with like the Raven Concealment Baylor and also the uh, Duick Defense mount, which that wound up being a lifesaver when you're dealing with uh, guns that don't allow much modification to their slides, put it mm. on a sim gun. Because I can't get that gun, I can't get that milled because it's mostly plastic up there. So a lot of people misunderstand what the use of something like this would be. Um, I found it's it's a it's a great intermediate uh, solution for someone that they they don't know if they're quite ready for a red dot. They don't want to they don't want to have it milled yet. But also at the same time, this works great if you're issued a firearm and you can't make permanent modification to your duty weapon. Here's your, here's your, get, get, uh, get permission. And now here's your, your solution to having a red dot on your duty gun. I haven't run into any issues with any duty holsters not being compatible with one of these types of mounts. Now, the, again, this is a uh, Raven concealment mount. But uh, for some reason, yeah, people say bad things about these. They work. They're not for everyone. It's not a, it's not the solution for everyone. But for the people that need this kind of a solution, it's outstanding. Then we have milling. We also have plates. Buck, what's the difference between different plates? Oh, and you're muted. Unmute. Yeah, all right. So you have plates that work and you have plates that don't. Um, historically speaking, um, I commend my friends at the pistol companies that make pistols. It's just stick to making pistols. And I commend my friends at the optics companies that make optics, stick to making optics. Um, all of those companies have dipped their big toe, and I wouldn't even say they've even dipped their big toe, they've dipped their little toe into the market of making an adapter plate to bridge the gap between an optic and a pistol or a pistol to an optic. And uh, I, dare, I dare anyone show me a success to this date. Name me, name me one that like a factory OEM plate is amazing. Whether it be from, you know, I got a lot of great friends at Trigicon. We do work for them. Name me one plate that they make that's like baller awesome. Gotta have it. Uh, name me one plate that Glock makes. Got you know, guy that was in my wedding from Glock. I'm sorry. Stick to making plates. So. Um, if you're singularly focused on a thing, 
Ben is singularly focused on something. Jedi is singularly focused, and they are absolutely amazing. Uh, you don't see out. You don't see Ben out making a pistol from scratch, and you don't see Jedi out making a, a pistol from scratch, or John making a pistol from scratch. You know, we we stay in our lanes, and we get really, really proficient and good at it. Um, so we have. Uh, patented or we got some patents in process that uh, have they're they're literally game changers uh, we have the ability to make plates that are as thin as a hundred thousandths or less but give you two hundred thousandths of thread engagement so the big thing in in today's market is a polymer frame pistol that's got a stainless steel slide that's got an aluminum body with glass and electronics in it. And you've got to marry those two surfaces together. And the mount that, you know, there, there is a college class that's joints and structures. Um, and it's a, it's a very complex, all engineering is very complex and robust, but keeping this little dude, on this thing that reciprocates at a rapid pace is no small task. Um, and with our patents in process, uh, we have fixed Glock, we have fixed HK, we have fixed uh, M&P. Um, I'm glad to say that we fixed the STI. Um, there's not a pistol that's not been prevented to us that we have not solved or fixed or made it more sexy you know ben hit it on earlier like aesthetics like yeah dude your your red dot on your pistol with the trigicon plate looks amazing but it's two inches off the height overbore so so that's what we that, and that that is our singularly focus these days is keeping your red dot on your pistol because it's important because as intuitive it is, as it is to shoot red dots and people grow more accustomed people couldn't shoot iron sights before like we're all we all have some aspect of training you can't it's hard to teach somebody to shoot iron sights now you put a red dot on there and you teach them to shoot a red dot which is a little bit easier to train them they get very proficient if that red dot comes off this pistol becomes a rock or club. So it's important to keep it on there. It's true. And I remember Cowan bringing you up a couple times. Cowan has done some, uh, you know, Cowan's a special kind of person. Like, again, you know, there's, there's some people on my bucket list. I've always looked up in the last five or six years. I'm like, man, I'd really like to meet that guy someday. I wish he'd shoot our stuff. And then out of the blue, he buys one. And he's okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And he's torture testing it. And then he like gives you the kind of half-ass nod like, yeah, it's okay. If you get that half-ass nod like, it's okay, like, I won the lottery. <laughs> so, so yeah, we're, we're just here to – we are a cog – it's not sexy. Uh, here's what I will tell you, though. Uh, you touched again. You touched on it earlier. Like now that we're being successful, and now that people see, like Glock made last month or a month and a half ago, they shipped twenty thousand MOS pistols. That's twenty thousand pistols that needed an adapter plate, and we only shipped seven hundred fifty or eight hundred that month. So there's nineteen thousand that don't have a plate. They got that sorry ass OEM plate. Um. So there's a lot of there's a lot there's a huge market out there. I'm probably giving other people ideas. However, we are going to crush you. The the Jewish tribe will step on your head and we will bury your children if you try to copy our intellectual property. I'm sorry. You know, I protect my shit. I you know, I play nice with all my friends, but if you violate our intellectual property or what we have worked 6 years to perfect I will come crush you. I will bury you and your children in the same little pothole. Um, so I can think of a couple companies that probably are, are going to attempt. Well, fine, go for it. And you know, I, luckily I come from a tribe that uh, is close knit and has great lawyers and jewelers and other people. Um, they don't <laughs> like to get on trains. Um, so they can try. There's already people that are like, oh, my God, this plate needs to be made out of steel. Uh, oh, because, like, if it's not made out of steel, it's garbage. I'm like, you're a jackass. You just started making plates yesterday. And you're telling people that it needs to be made out of steel. Go jump headfirst into a wood chipper. You, uh, all you did was take a Glock plate and, and nest the sight in there and you still, you're using 632 screws and you're giving somebody a hundred thousandths worth of threat engagement. We give you 180. Oh, it was designed by a sniper. <laughs> you know, the, the disheartening thing that I, that I think about them occasionally, and it's like, yeah, Glock shipped 20,000 MOS pistols. And I have no idea how many Glocks are in circulation. But I do know that I'm getting like this tiny percentage of the market. Like almost on the scale of Glock, I'm happy to say that almost 0% of Glock users carry my holsters. But, it, but you know, that's... That's my, you know, 0.01%. The, the, the disheartening thing is to think about, yeah, you know, you make a huge improvement on the uh, MOS mounting system. How few MOS owners are going to shoot enough to discover the, the, the downside of the thing? 
Like how yeah. many people are ever going to wear out a part on their gun right. no, but to realize what better needs to be for them? With, with, the, with the Glock plate, they don't have to shoot that long. It takes about 20 rounds before it flat right. falls off and hits them in the eye. So it'll right. last a lot of people a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's, that, that's a lot of years. As long as you can, as long as you can present your slide, you can put your red dot on there and you can tell people that you're shooting and you can post a picture and put it on Instagram, you're baller. But when you actually physically start running it instead of your mouth, it will, you do, you, they should, I, I swear to God, I, I joke with my friend, I'm not going to name names. He's a vice president at chat or at Glock. And I said, dude, you should, every pack of these, you should, the, the, there's these blister packs, four plates. You should make it a little bit taller and put an eye patch in there. Cause that would be so amazing. You sell more of them. Yeah. Everyone should have a, a eye patch. Uh, these lawyers, do they serve other ethnic groups as well? Or just. Perhaps. <laughs> little blue star white flag hey buck every time someone accuses us of like running the media and the banks i say you're welcome you think you could do better right <laughs> you're welcome for awesome movies exactly and your wife's diamond ring and earrings so yeah so i mean it's it is our niche literally i i live at the shop now that's all we do is make plates um, I'm converting my whole business model to support the guys on this call, uh, the guys in our little black belt vendor group. Um, I, I know what my purpose in life now is and it's keeping, I mean, it, it's, it's a small purpose. I wish I could sell people ammo, but I'm going to keep your red dot on here. I'm going to keep pushing the envelope. Um, there's not a lot of people that like our defender that's made out of polymer. Let me tell you what, the, the studies that we've got back from real labs that show that we can take a vortex with a polymer defender and make the service life of it longer than these other big macho name brands, it's amazing because there's not as much, this is called shock and vibe, not shake and bake, uh, shock and vibe, right? Uh, our polymer plate, when people get over the fact that a uh, dude, you're running a polymer frame pistol, you're running polymer mags in your AR because it's cool, then 15 years from now, when I'm driving a Ferrari because I made all this money on this plate, when when the polymer plate is the answer in the future, because it takes out the shock and the vibe, and it's it's less impulsive on the electronics and the glass and the housing. People just can't wrap their minds around it because they're programmed by these idiots on the internet. They're like it's got to be made out of steel because John Browning would roll over and, and puke. So, so some, you know, from, from the mouth of babes, right. And in this instance, I will call myself a babe. Anyway, uh, I had a dude go, you really like that V4 defender. It's like, dude, I put that on a Glock 34 MOS and I beat the shit out of it and, and nothing nothing happened it nothing happened it was awesome right and he's like yeah but dude it's plastic i'm like hey bruh what's your frame made of and he's like plastic and i'm like well you're gonna be shooting a 1911 tomorrow homie and he's like no so so stop 
but what's the metric? You know, it's like, dude, I'll send you one. Buckset gave me a shit one. I'll, I'll send you one. I want you to beat the shit out of it, but then you need to become a cheerleader if it passes all your tests. You know, so. There, there's mounting solutions. We're fixing all of them. So also what a plate allows you to do is you can swap out if necessary, or if you aren't sure what you want to go with, get, right. that, so, go, get that MOS gun. Up until now, yeah, up until now, like this, uh, this one that Jim's probably in the background drooling over, this is a Walther PPS. Your gun's on the internet, bro. It's been direct milled for a Hollow Sun 407, which I have and he doesn't. Um, this is amazing. But but once, you, fire so you can see. once you mill this, once you mill this thing, it's like you're, unless you go with a red dot that's bigger, you're stuck. Whoa, what happened? So, so Jim can see. I just want to see my gun in So my this is my gun with my 407, which you don't have either one of, but I do. Um, so once you direct mail this, you're kind of stuck with that site, which, but instead, if you go with this uh, STI, which is amazing, I'll now own one since they like me, um, I can switch this plate so I can go from an RMR and I can take another one and I can put a Delta Point Pro on there or I can put a Sig Romeo 1 or a Vortex. You know, up until now with their OEM plates, like you're rolling the dice whether you're going to be able to keep it on there. But now with the aluminum plate with the stainless steel hardware, it's like, I'm not going to say it's as good as a direct mill, but it's hold my beer, I'll keep up with you now. So I would always prefer a direct mill, and we do that. I would prefer a direct milled site on here. I can keep it lower to the, to the bore axis. It's a better fit, et cetera. But if at any point you decide that you think you want to change, or if you're a law enforcement agency and you need the flexibility of modularity, go with something that's optics ready that you can change out. What? Jedi is talking smack. I can't hear you. No. There. No, not talking smack. I just had an idea. Okay. I, I can't share it. Share it with me. And I'll call you later. Okay. So there you go. I'm done with plates. I'm just yeah. going to support all my brothers now. And so, yeah, so in summation, plates offer some modularity. These, these special mounts offer flexibility. And then direct mill allows for a lower but dedicated solution. Yeah, and, you know, it's really funny about the, the milling and the slide work is that None of us, none of us are really talked to each other a whole lot. Like, uh, uh, Zev has the patent on direct mill with posts, threaded posts, like, um, the posts that stick up that are threaded. They patented that. We patented or we are patenting threaded posts on a plate. So they got, you direct mill a slide with posts, Zev. You want to make a plate with post us. And then um, Barry has the plates that go into the dovetail. And we are all like peas in a pot, all three of us. You know, that's, all, that's as far as you go. You go with anybody else, you're outside the circle of trust. You're, off, you're, you're outside, you get off the trust tree. 
Interesting. Barry Deuce. Yep. Buddy of mine. There you go. All right. Let's talk something else. Cool. This okay. So we've talked about optics. We talked, uh, we talked about why you want to go that direction. We talked about how to mount it. There's an aspect of modifying your pistol to make it a little more conducive to being a performance object for you. And that's where Ben comes in. Mm -hmm. Modific modification of the pistol itself, especially these, these polygons, glocks and whatnot. He has the ability to add additional texture as needed, remove some, some material if needed. Uh, specifically, if you have issues with, say, a Glock knuckle, uh, the glove bevel he brought up as well. I remember both of those. Um, hey, what do you know? Tell me about that, Scott. What's to tell? It's magic. So, <laughs> look at Ben. If, I made if, ben if, smile. We, <laughs> if we compare a stock Glock to that, what are the advantages that you're getting? Yeah. And then, so, and then uh, Ben, let us know. Um, how you came up with some of this and, and how, how you've uh, made some decisions on some of these yeah. modifications. So, so a couple things for my, for my own observations, right. In, in shooting. So uh, there are so many features on this gun that I absolutely love and that I discover every single day. Okay. Uh, that helps me do what, what I do. Right. So the first thing goes, obviously you've got the texturing, right? So you've got these and, and Ben, correct me if I'm misstating stuff. I'm just, this is my interpretation of stuff. Right? Go ahead. So you have the wide channels in here, right? So if your hands are sweaty and slick and stuff, uh, they kind of act like, um, tires, if you will, like tire. tires, like separate the water from from the actual road and the tire and disperse it out um the the pockets kind of keep everything nice and and tight i'm not explaining that well but if you know what i mean with like you know all weather tires and stuff how the grooves in the tire separate out the water and yada 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 that's what i think these do right so that's number one right the, the, the other thing as far as the Razorback, right? My interpretation of the Razorback is not only does it fill your hand better, but so you have the classic Glock uh, grip angle, which is about 22%, which points to the sky, right? And then you have the classic 18% one, M&Ps, 1911 SIGs. This not only fills it, but for me, it gets it to about to be in between the two which is about a 20 degree angle. Again, my interpretation of things, which makes, you know, you have, you have that happy, you get the best of both worlds, right? You get a very pointable, naturally pointable gun, but it's enough to where you still have to bring it down to engage all the muscle uh, musculature uh, in your forearms and whatnot to, to manage recall, to get on top of it. Okay. Um, other things that people don't even notice as far as the bevels and stuff, right? Cause you never really look at your gun upside down, right? I don't shoot with gloves, right? Which a lot of this stuff was made for as far as the duty pistol stuff. But I will tell you that when you're trying to go um, and as accurately and as fast as I do, every little smooth surface reduces friction to help your performance. Okay. Then when you come down here with the, uh, the memory indexes, right? So the, the biggest advantage on this thing, right, is this little piece right here. Okay. This is often overlooked. What that does is that so often 
when people start getting on their gun, right, and they start recoiling and their grip starts to separate, okay? If you've just got the flat um, trigger guard on a regular Glock or any other pistol, right, you're just gonna keep on going and then recoil impulse escapes. This little bump here, right, can keep your grip together under long strings of fire. And as long as your palms don't separate, recoil impulse doesn't uh, escape from between your palms, you'll remain on target longer and faster. Um, the serrations up front, right, are uh, an uh, enhancement or whatnot of the stock one, but there's not too much, not too little, right? It's exactly where it needs to be in case you need to do a check, press check, whatnot. Um, and then the index point here, right? It's enough to where you can, if you have an index point as far as your trigger finger, I don't use it as a recoil management tool. I like to prefer, uh, I like to refer as this index point as a safety net, not a platform. Okay. But as far as like a high trigger finger register, it's always there. It's nice. It's comfortable. There's not a ledge on it. I don't like ledges. Right, but in case I do need it for very long strings of fire, it's enough of a safety net to where it's tactile and can uh, keep you going to whatever you want to do. Um, ben will always say that he does not make beautiful guns. I 100% disagree with that because there's nothing more beautiful than functionality. And that's my piece. My wife disagrees with that. <laughs> she's not she's so more about she's she's about fashion not function i love okay. function fair enough <laughs> so ben what are things that people can do to their have what are modifications people can do to their polymer frame pistols to increase performance and you're muted yeah good it's it's really subjective i mean one of the things with with i mean we yeah, you know, we, we build complete guns. You know, we offer slide packages, match barrels, trigger jobs. We direct mill for optics, everything. But that is like like our slide packages. They're utilitarian. They're not fancy. They're not pretty. They got, you know, a couple of little bevels. They got front cocking serrations. They're not meant to be, they're, they're meant to be utilitarian where our forte is the plastic surgery. And when, when it comes to a Glock, there's not really any one thing, you know, like, let, let me dial it back. Our packages include everything, you know, things that work for everybody, like removing the finger grooves. That's kind of standard because that's, they generally don't fit people perfect and you're kind of stuck with whatever dimension blocks give you. And you don't really need finger grooves. They prevent you from choking up high. They prevent you from getting your grip. So we just like to remove them and, and we don't just grind them off. Um, cause that can leave the, the plastic weak and flexible. We, you know, got a method of reinforcing the front strap after they're removed. You can't see it because it's under the texture, but that's standard. The trigger guard undercut, um, that benefits everyone that's standard. And, and like, not, all, not all undercuts are the same. Like if you just undercut it higher, um, you've got the same thing all over again and you may even have a sharper corner. So like a trigger guard undercut, when we grip the, the frame, our fingers don't lay straight horizontal across the across the frame like this we grip at a slightly downward angle and that's why we get glock knuckle because the corner of the, the glock trigger guard is hitting hitting the edge of our middle finger so with an undercut you don't just high cut it you high cut it that lets you get a higher grip but you also radius it upwards so now your middle finger is entering 
and touching a, a complementary angle of the plastic. So that's one thing that benefits everyone. Um, the glove bevel, that benefits everyone because if you got short fingers, um, the plastic frame will actually put your finger away from the trigger, lengthening the trigger reach. And regardless, every time you press the trigger with pretty much anyone, you know, the same thing. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With our middle finger, you know, getting beat up by the knuckle, it's because we enter at a downward angle. Same thing with a trigger finger. It doesn't enter straight where all we touch is the trigger face. It enters a downward angle. So we're riding the frame every time we stroke the trigger. So opening it up, getting rid of that corner, polishing it upward. Now your trigger finger is riding at a on a polished complementary angle so it it eliminates mechanical interference um then you get back to the grip so like what scott has scott has a like a level 1.5 reduction and a razorback the razorback um i came up with that um years ago because i like the feeling of a like a browning high power cz 75 they have a backstrap curvature that comes up and comes in and what it does is it fills the hollow of your hand like a ball and socket it, it it's a solid ball and socket fit instead of kind of like an angular press fit with voids where the gun can kind of wiggle under recoil and shift the razorback helps lock your hand in like a ball and socket it also helps keep your hand from slipping down the grip under recoil um but that being said that's not for everyone um if someone has small hands, we can cut the frame apart, put it back together. It's like, you know, just cut the frame. It's plastic welded. Um, we fill the inside up with uh, epoxy and fiberglass blend, and then we plastic weld it shut. You don't see any cuts. You don't see any filler. That really does give you the 1911 grip angle and makes the, makes the gun point a lot flatter. But again, that's not for everyone. Um, so there's really no set answer. And and that's why with a lot of our clients that that uh, haven't had a gun built by us before, most of them are not, not local. I'll be on the, it's more like the ordering process is more like an interview where I'll be on the phone with them for 45 minutes, sometimes to an hour, bouncing ideas back and forth, asking them questions. What size gloves do you wear? How tall are you? What's your hand shape, size, long fingers, skinny fingers, sausage fingers, that sort of thing. And through that, I can kind of get a visual idea of their needs in their hands. And I, I make recommendations accordingly. Um, you know, so going back to the beginning, there's a few things that we do in every package that benefits everyone. After that, it's kind of a la carte to tailor it to the individual. You know, the four foot 11 female with tiny hands, the six foot five guy that can, you know, palm a basketball. We can, we can size the grip up and down and everything in between. Um, you know, it really comes down to what the individual needs to benefit them. It's not a cookie cutter thing. Like to me, um, like a cookie cutter package is not custom. It's modified, 
but it's not custom. To me, custom is personal. Custom is tailored to the individual, to their needs, to their, to their movement, to their lifestyle, that sort of thing. And that's why a lot of people say that our packages and options and menu is kind of overwhelming. It, it is. I mean, there's, you know, if you're not familiar with it, your, your eyes, your eyes will go crazy. I mean, I wrote the content for most of our website and it took me forever to write all this stuff. But to me, that's a good thing because why settle for like a stock gun? That's someone else's idea of how it should fit you. Why settle for a cookie cutter, quote unquote, custom grip? That's someone else's idea. You know, why do that when you can, and I'm not the only one that does that. There, there's, there's a few other good shops out there that are every bit as capable of us. A lot of them, you know, incorporate stuff that we, that we developed into their packages. I mean, I get along with most of these guys, you know, good dudes, solid craftsmen. They're in it for the same reasons we are, is we all want to deliver something to the client that gives them an advantage reduces the mechanical interference in between the handshake between them and the gun and just makes it more intuitive and simple to run the gun without thinking about it. You know, to just pull it out, punch it out, acquire, press the trigger rather than, Oh, you know, this doesn't fit. My hand is slipping, you know, doesn't fit. You know, it's like, Oh, I, you know, my hand's so small, I got to cock the gun to the side and now it's recoiling into the base of your thumb. There's a lot of factors that come into play there. And we try to find a solution, an individual solution for all of that. Good stuff. Yes, sir. John, did you have a comment? It almost looks like he did. No, I did not. Okay. I see how you are. Yeah, one thing I definitely learned, especially after the first time I got to mess with any of Ben's stuff, is truly a Glock, as much as people complain about it, it is a, it, it can be a blank, a blank canvas and can be turned into much more functional and much more appealing. And like Scott, I'm, I, I'm a bigger fan of functionality. I could care less about looks. It could be, yeah, who cares? I want it to, I want it to function better. That's what's appealing. And they, but they don't have to be, you know, mutually exclusive. No, they don't. No. Um, no, you're right. You, you can have, you, you can have, you know, function and form. They they can, they can coexist, but when, you know, if you compromise form for the sake of a function, that's fine because function is paramount. You know, I mean, yeah. unless you're, I mean, unless you're taking pictures for the gram, then you want something pretty and Gucci and whatever. Um, I don't. That's you know, silliness. Yeah, me, me either. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's the thing is I, I build, I build guns for people who use them for yeah. people who duty carry guns, yeah. um, people who trust their life with them. To me, that's all I care about reliability when it matters. And if, and if we, you know, it's like, I hate to sound like cliche or sanctimonious, but I, I don't do this. I mean, it's like the money pays the bills. The money puts food on the table. It's not about making money. It's about making a difference. And I mean, I've had, I think at this point, 13 of our guns have been used in shootings across the country going back almost 20 years. Most of them have been law enforcement. And the way I see it, it's like if something that we do, something that comes out of our shop can give our client an advantage that helps, you know, helps them win, then that's, you know, we just redeemed ourselves. And that's, that's what matters, you know, so we don't do any, you know, or because there's like, I don't know, there's to me, there's industry, there's marketing companies, 
that are really good at marketing and have a big marketing budget and they put out a lot of flashy stuff and they got flashy slogans and all this other stuff. And that, that's cool. Cause there's a, there's a huge client, there's a clientele bulk of the consumer base is looking for something cool. You know, um, a smaller part is looking for experience based performance driven, proven functional stuff. You know, they don't care about the catchphrases and the brand name recognition and like, oh, my buddy knows that I got this cool gun. They don't care about that. They want something that's rugged, works, reliable, does exactly what it's supposed to and isn't going to let them down. So like the kind of companies that are successful, the main types are marketing companies that build guns and build gun stuff and have a huge marketing budget, and you know, and pay, you know, buy brand ambassadors and whatever to, to pimp their stuff. And then there's companies that are run by shooters and gun guys that have a lot of experience and are very focused on what they do and commit themselves every day to be very, very good at that narrow thing, you know, and that's like, I feel like what I am. And like, you know, with Buck, I think he's very narrow and focused. You know, Scott is very narrow and focused on what he does. You know, he, Scott doesn't put himself to be anything other than what he is, you know, you know, John, same way, you know, I mean, he's a genius with his tolsters. You know, he puts an incredible amount of thought and analysis into what he builds and why he builds it and the ergonomics and how they work. So, um, you know, that's why guys like us are successful is because, we build it from experience, not only from our experience, but feedback from other very experienced people. And it all goes into our, you know, our repertoire of what we offer. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. The upside of keeping it real versus chasing what's cool is that you never have to chase the moving target of what's going to be cool exactly. tomorrow. And exactly. that, that doesn't go away. You know what I mean? Like, yep. The, the the social media thing, it's like, it's that constant fight between what's cool and what's real. And I don't know, it always bothers me because I feel like it doesn't take that much to be hip to what's, what's kind of uh, a front, you know, like I, I've, I, I scroll through my feed and I'm like, this seems kind of like transparent about what it is, but it seems super popular. You know, I've, I've always been confused by that, you know, like, a company they'll they'll have you know like big titty chicks in their marketing, and I'm like, you know, when you're when you're being delivered that kind of content, it's because there's not a product there, right? <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, the product would be what's getting your attention. And I I don't know. I thought people were kind of inoculated to that over the years, but Flash I mean, I guess cells, so not substance. Here's what I got to say about that. I'm the father of two amazing girls. One's a fifth year senior at Michigan state studying engineering. It's going to come back and work here. I've got the midget who's eight, who will be a five year senior at some university. Um, if, and our Instagram and our Facebook are very poignant and very to the point. We post real shit by real people. It's, we don't hire photographers. Um, everybody on this forum probably has better photography than, than I do. I don't care. If you follow us, you follow us for content. You follow us for real shit taken by real people in real world situations. And if you don't like that, that's fine. Because what I've learned back in the day when we hired some people that were trying to do what Ben was doing or is doing, uh, they were about social media clicks and likes and everything else and, and boobs and ass and stuff that I don't agree with. I'm a Christian conservative dude. 
Though what I have learned over the years, rifle and pistol industry is if you chase those clients, you will get those clients. And I dare say that the guys like in our group do not need nor do we want, nor do we want to be associated with those clients. The 80-20 rule applies. That 20% of those clients will take up 80% of your time. They will crush you because my thing didn't fit perfect. They don't have a file. They don't have... They don't understand that guns are a dude thing and you have to fit things. These days, people do not understand that guns are made of parts that are mechanical items that need some custom fitting. They want shit like they want it in one day delivery, delivered for the helicopter. They want to put it together and they want to be a grand master because I have the cool shit. And that's not how it works. Well, yeah, I no. do not. They, I do they not have X amount of followers. Them. They should get a discount. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Well, pe- people talk yeah. about brand ambassadors like their customers aren't brand ambassadors. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, you don't, you don't need the person who's got 150,000 followers on Instagram. You need 150 awesome people, customers. That's, that's it. They're better for your reputation than whoever this high profile liability is going to be, you know, you never know what, what they're going to say or what they're going to do or, you know, when they're going to turn around and say something ridiculous and make you look bad or whatever. It's like, who, who needs that? That's like, it's like, it's like having a, it's having a whole second pyramid scheme on the side, which your reputation rests on. It's like, no, you don't, you don't want to mess around with that. Yeah. And, and, like, like you were saying earlier, it's a moving target, you know? So like, you know, that in what I've learned, you know, in almost 20 years of doing this is like the type of client that is caught up in, in the flash and the tits and ass and everything like that. And the superficial marketing and, and all this other stuff, they also tend not to be loyal, you know, they're a moving target. And if you hit them once, odds are you're not going to hit them again because they're after the next flavor of the month, you know, you know, they're after the next cool thing, you know? Um, yeah. And, and same thing is, is the way I see it. It's like our, our guns are our business cards and our customers are our brand ambassadors. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hire shills to represent our stuff because you can buy that. You can't buy an honest assessment of your work and some guy saying, Hey, this gun is great. And he tells his friends, you know, you can't buy that. You got to earn that. So it's a smaller market share, but it's, a hell of a lot more loyal. I mean, I got clients, you know, some of my original clients going back almost 20 years, they still come back and have me build guns, you know, and I'm, I'm really happy with that. It's a lot more gratifying than, you know, to, you know, just to establish relationship only to lose it because something newer and cooler and flashier pops up. So, you know, so for me, I'd settle for a smaller market share and, you know, build guns for, you know, I, I don't know. I've got like two, two, like, hashtags that I use you know one's our company motto built for the fight because we built build guns for that worst day of your life the fight and the other one is like guns for grown-ups you know it's like we you know want to build guns for mature individuals that know what they want and you know and aren't going to screw around here's an interesting thing and I don't uh, I don't think Ben actually you may know this in the back of your head but you don't know it uh like well whatever I'm trying to say uh so Ben and I have known each other on the internet for a number of years, right? Like we know a lot of other people in the industry on the internets, right? Um, 
I knew he built great guns um, and things of that nature, but you know, I was shooting for another company at the time, blah, blah, blah. Um, I had a private lesson with one of his uh, customers, Nick Stanko. Uh, Nick, I believe owns every variation of a Borsite Glock possible to man. I literally think he has like nine, eight or nine, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I'm doing a private lesson with him, right? And then he's showing me all of his, you know, Borsite harem there. And I'm like, let me see that 34. So I do a couple of dry fires and quickly realize that the dot is quicker than with my pistol, which was a very good pistol. I've accomplished many things with it, right? But I just realized that it was, it felt better, the dot was quicker, it, and all these other things. So, huh. So whatever, things change, people outgrow each other, yada, yada, right? Um, and it was super funny when, when that relationship um, amicably separated, right? And I let my wife Bev know. She's like, well, what are you gonna do? I go, I'm just gonna hang out for a while. I'm just teaching, gonna hang out for a while. I don't need that hassle. She's like, oh no, you're gonna call Ben. <laughs> you're gonna call Ben and you guys are gonna work this out. I'm like, yeah, can I take a break? She's like, no, you love his guns. You shot all Nick's. All I've been hearing for the past freaking month is how awesome his guns are. Why wouldn't you call him? And I'm like, well, fine. Call him. So we had to talk. We think we talked. So Ben Hayes talking on the phone, everybody, unless it's about his business and his guns. Right. And I think we had about an hour and 15 minute conversation just about shooting, just about guns, just about what I was after, what he was after to see if it was a fit, right? And the more I hear about the one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation he has with his customers was exactly the conversation we had about our relationship. We wanted to make sure it was customized so that it fit both of our needs, and it, and it did, and it did, right? And again, there is nothing more beautiful than functionality. Hard stop, hard stop. Proof. Thank you. So we talked about all kinds of stuff. Advantages, we talked about the options, mounting options. We've talked about customizing a pistol to, to make it that much better for you. Now it's time to talk about carrying that. John, have you found... I'm sorry, I'm shopping on the Boresight website right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking for complete pistols. But uh, anyway, anyway. Any Berettas? What, what were we saying? Uh, I was I was looking at uh, uh, Glock frames, but I don't have a Gen. I see that there are Gen three nineteen frames in stock, but I don't have a Gen three nineteen uh, at the moment. Those are all sold out. All right. Well, I'll get at you in a few. We got more. Uh, anyway, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're t we're talking about we're talking about concealment. In your experience, has adding a red dot hampered concealment at all? Well, that's going to depend on a number of factors. It's going to depend on the dot that you've installed. It's going to depend on the mounting solution that you have for it. And it's going to depend on the holster that you have. So the uh, technique du jour in uh, holster smithing these days is to build some feature into the holster that rotates the grip of the gun into the body. So so that the, so that the the grip doesn't print. So you're going to have some feature on the holster that rotates the grip inward. Now, uh, 
on most guns, the sight is fairly low profile, especially on like uh, direct milling guns and with something that's really smaller, like an RMR, uh, that grip rotation isn't going to cause the dot to print all that much more, especially if you've got like a wedge that tips the gun back into the body. Um, the, the extra size and shape and pointiness of the RMR, it, it doesn't conceal any, any worse than a, a, a non-dot gun. That's just, it just doesn't work out like that. If you've got a holster that's doing nothing for you in terms of concealment, yeah, you're going to see that uh, appear as a point of printing, but that will also, that won't be exclusive to the dot. It'll be the whole gun at that point. You'll get the entire uh, uh, backside of the gun printing. Now, if you've got a gun with a taller slide, if you've got a taller optic mount, uh, and I've taken this gun out um, because this is an example of what I'm talking about. This is actually one of the hardest, despite being a compact, is the hardest gun I have to conceal because of the uh, way the dot is mounted. Now, this Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's no fault of, I mean, what are you going to do? Right? This, this, it's not easy to get a dot on this gun. So I want a dot on this gun. I'll take the compromise in terms of, uh, uh, a little extra difficulty in concealing it. But what you'll see is that when you uh, rotate the grip inward, you've got a pretty big shape on the opposite end of the gun that starts to tilt out, even if you get some kind of uh, tip back. And the tip back is going to occur uh, right along the belt line. But once this is out past a certain point, this is going to print. So <clears throat> to overcome that, you need to be conscious of the point around which the gun rotates. So if I'm only rotating it along the axis directly on the gun, the uh, dot is going to, you know, cantilever out opposite of the grip. But if I think about where I set up that wedge or where I influence the axis of rotation, I can, you know, for example, on the JM that I have, I've put the uh, Dark Star gear foam wedge pretty far off axis. So it's mostly along the sight channel. So that sets up a point of rotation. Oh, pardon me. That sets up the point of rotation to be a little bit more over here. So instead of cantilevering the uh, dot outward into my shirt, I'm rotating the whole thing like that. So the dot stays pretty stable. And once you get a little um, tilt like wedge feature in, you can wedge the gun back and rotate it. So you can play with where the axis of rotation is in order to maximize the concealment. One thing that I like to do for that 
is I'll put the Velcro on the holster and I'll have the, uh, I won't put the wedge on the holster when I'm setting it up initially. I will generally save myself some time and headache by, it's a little bit of a dance to get it right, but I'll put the wedge in my pants before I put the holster in my pants and I'll hold the wedge in the pants like this so that the Velcro is covered. And I'll put the wedge on my body where I want it to be on my body rather than putting it on the holster, putting it on, playing around with where it's going to fit, taking it off, adjusting it and doing it over and over again. I put the wedge on my body where I want the body, where I, where I want it to be on the body. And then I slide the, the holster in to the pants and remove my hand. Uh, so that the wedge lands on the holster in the correct spot. Um, and I'll do that keeping in mind what I need the wedge to accomplish. So part of that keeps the wedge off a part of your body that's not going to do what you need it to do. So, you know, depending on where the wedge lands on your body, you can wind up in a circumstance where the gun collides against some other part of your body. So you want to make sure that the wedge is placed on your anatomy in a way that's conducive to the results you want to get out of the holster. It also has to be tolerable, right? Like you can't put it on the most sensitive part of your groin and deal with it. So you have to play with the compromise between where the wedge goes, what you need the holster to accomplish, and uh, what, what you can tolerate uh, physically. But typically, depending on, you know, the bigger the dot gets and the higher the offset is from the uh, bore of the gun, the more you need to play with where the uh, axis of rotation is for the holster in the gun when you're concealing it. And you can get pretty creative with that. Like if, if it were possible to have a, to reposition the axis of rotation somewhere out to here, you could press the whole thing in without getting any uh, counterbalance dot road outward push. If that makes sense. This is a lot of stuff that has been in my head that I haven't actually said out loud for a little while. So I'm not sure how much sense it makes. It made complete sense. And it's sad because people aren't thinking about this stuff. So when they buy that Kydex cod piece where you have the holster and mag pouch all in one and you put a claw on it and with the separation of the clips being so far, what's the claw doing? It's applying pressure to the weakest point of the holster asking for failure because there's no rotate. It's not possible to rotate because it's working against itself against its clips. Now, and well, yeah, when you have a mag carrier directly rigidly attached to your holster, the mag carrier is a claw too. Mm -hmm. Right. So any, any rotation that you want to achieve on the gun side is directly counteracted by the attached portions of the of of the the, the, yep. the attached magazine portion like it will so in some ways you do kind of displace the axis of rotation and you get the whole thing to kind of go like that but the gun doesn't rotate independently but so there are a lot of people out there fixing that and messing around with uh, different ways of making those things independent but at the end of the day they're, they're I, I think the i flex. i think they're <laughs> 
I think they're all ultimately chasing. They're just taking the long road to discover that they should be two pieces. Yes. Yes. One person had this idea, did it. Everyone else thought, this is a good idea. I like it. It's cool. But they haven't thought about the design itself and the way it's their forces working against itself in the design itself. I love this conversation. Well, it's, it's one of those things where sometimes you can see an idea and you can also see where it's going to go. You can just sort of, it's, it's like you, you read the first chapter of a book and you know how it's going to end. This is one of those things where you see people tinkering around in a space with a certain idea and you're like, the end state of this is inevitable. So like now we've gotten to the point where there are some that have like adjustable flexibility in between the two things that they've attached. And it's like, well, now it's just two th- two things. Well, then how much more adjustable flexibility can you get? Well, now we're at the flex, which is, yep. I mean, yep. one of the reasons I designed it is because I see, I see what the point B is here. Yeah. Let's just get to point B and then we're done and we can mo- move on to some other idea. Yeah. Right, well, rather adding, than all. adding the one flex point is only along one axis. And so your body move, doesn't move like that. When I twist, I'm applying different, different pressures and it's not just along one, one little nice axis. And I've seen a couple that have their axis at a slight cant. It's, things are, if you're using a claw and you have that wide end, and just like what you just said, the mag carrier is going to act as a claw something's going to give and something's going to either push out or something you're negating any benefit of having some of these additional features because you don't understand them. Well, we, we had a conversation about blank canvas a yep. little while ago. Um, the more specific you make something, the less of a blank canvas it is. And this, this is one of the things that we've played around with in terms of like wedge shape and size as it's built into the holster. The more specific the wedge shape is, the narrower a cross-section of people will be for whom that is completely ideal, right? Because of human differentiation. Um, The more specific, like, the more specific you make a pair of shoes, the fewer feet it's going to fit. Yes. Right? The fewer feet it's going to fit comfortably. Um, And when you get into... A little when you get into thinking of things in terms of a blank canvas, which doesn't necessarily provide a solution to the end user, it provides the opportunity to generate solutions, which they didn't have before. They might say, I need a solution in this space, or I need a jumping off point for a solution. You can either make it fully custom for them based on what they want, or you can create a place where they can you give them like a sandbox where they can have their own solution. And one of the things that we're played around with, with the um, pro series, which we kind of got from the flex as an idea is you give the customer a sandbox in which they can arrive at a solution where they will be happy with the product and with their solution. So the flex is just a completely open-ended product. You can attach whatever you want to it. You can do whatever you want with it. And the customer satisfaction on that is very high because people know what they want to accomplish. They see it as the opportunity to um, uh, generate those solutions for themselves. And then they go in there and they do it. And what I've been thinking about for a while is how fitting a holster is kind of a prosthetic process where you start with a uh, 
manufactured appliance, right? Like the 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 uh, product, the, the prosthetic limb itself is a manufactured component. The part that interfaces with the human body, the 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 part of the artificial limb or what have you that's going to interface directly with the flesh of the person who's wearing it is the part that's highly customized, right? The way that's molded and fit and shimmed and and the materials that they use in order to make that a tolerable thing to wear all the time is a highly customized process. And concealing a holster is a prosthetic process where you have a mechanical appliance that you need to integrate into your anatomy in such a way that you can live with it every day, right? You're putting a piece of, you're, you're putting a manufactured thing on your body all day. And so we thought about how do we make a holster that's the best jumping off point for people to do that final step of customization to fit their body? So we increase the surface area of the holster where you can attach things in terms of uh, uh, wedges or foam or, or yoga blocks. We increase the number of attachment options so everyone can start from a better platform and do the last little tweak to get it to fit themselves. and. That last little tweak and the prosthetic fitting part of the holster process, I think, is neglected. And one of the issues that I have with the, you know, one big piece holster is that there's no opportunity for that. Um, and that's kind of why we're getting. And I'm not saying, oh, well, we're just going to make, you know, a one size fits all gun bucket. Um, we're not doing things with the holsters that is not specific. So for example, we've done a lot of things in terms of breaking out of the boundary of the shape of the gun, right? There's no reason that a holster needs to be shaped like a gun in principle. The holster is shaped like a gun because we can't make a holster that looks different on the outside than it does on the inside with this process. But there's nothing inherently gun-shaped about the holster. Holsters should be people-shaped, I think. And a lot of what is going to make a holster U-shaped is what you do to it. And that just adds to overall comfort. And a lot of people, all they're looking for is comfort. They're not looking for security, rigidity, dependability, durability, consistency. Nope, it's all comfort. You go with a holster like this, you have all of them with comfort. Yeah, we thought that was... there are ways to make a rigid holster more comfortable. You know, it can't have sharp edges. It's got to have a little more surface area so you don't get hot spots and pressure points. And uh, you can't have edges or seams touching the body. So one of the things that we did is that we did away with a hard edge here at the corner. One of the things that you see is someone will put a really big uh, wedge or a really big, big wing on a holster and you get a lot of rotation. And at the end of the day, all they're doing is rotating this sharp edge into your inner thigh. Yeah. We wanted to make sure that that sharp edge just no longer existed. So we increased the amount of surface area that contacted the body, made sure that anything that was going to rotate inward was going to be rounded. And we even nicked off the sight channel at the top so you don't get that pointy bit of the holster contacting uh, any other part of your groin. Good stuff. Jedi black patch approved. 
<laughs> so I think today's discussion we've we've gone over everything we've gone over positives of of getting a red dot how to go about it how to carry it what about that training aspect Scott yes we, we talked a little bit about that we yeah. talked about the advantages why yep. should someone seek out training well especially with the red dot pistol all you yeah. hear is is the um the the learning curve is very very steep and they're not wrong if you try and make it up on your own right especially with think about all the time that you dedicated to iron sights right um if you're in the advanced world right you how long you took to learn how to shoot iron sights with both eyes open and eventually that the two front sights disappeared or the two front targets disappeared, right? You worked out your draw. So there's a transition from uh, target focal plane to the front sight focal plane to be able to tra track that front sight, you know, in recoil and all this other stuff. And then we come up with a technology that gets back to the way your body always works. But man, you work damn hard to get something to work that is completely counterintuitive to the way that your body works. And your body doesn't want to give it up. It's got too many other rituals and processes and, and skills myelinated in. So my suggestion is find someone who has figured it out, but knows how they figured it out, right? Uh, and there's plenty, you know, there's plenty of good ones out there. Right. Um, I can only speak to what I learn. Right. But one of my things is I just I, I try and break down every single thing. Right. Um, to the point where if you came to my class three months ago, uh, there are going to be some new additions to my refinement today. Right. Uh, things like shooting based on and modulating based on focal planes, the direction of your grip being up and back to the one o'clock, um, understanding again, your firing solution based on the amount of information that you need, depending on the distance and size of the target, all those things. Uh, I do my best along with feedback, um, from my dear friends, uh, on exactly what I'm doing. Right. Uh, there are two spectrums of that people who are not meeting their goals because they have no idea what they're doing. But on the other side of that spectrum are people who are absolutely doing amazing things, but have no idea what they're doing. Both of those spectrums are useless. Both of those extremes are useless, right? What you need to find is that person that's the kind of in the middle that knows exactly what they're doing, when they're doing it and why they're doing it. So they can better relay it to them, to you, their student, whoever, to get everybody now and provide those mechanical advantages to make people better right now, immediately, and to be able to explain those things. Um, so that's what training can do, right? Uh, and if you're walking away from training and you don't know what you learned other than the fact that you suck, then maybe you should find a different trainer. Right. If you're not getting better in a class, we don't accept that in any other industry. 
right? Well, I went to buy a car. Did you buy a car? Yep. Where is it? Oh, they didn't give me the car. Wait, you went to a class to obtain a skill. You paid for it, but you have no skill. Yep. But it was great. <laughs> no, we're just teaching you what to practice. Huh? No, we're just teaching you what to practice by yourself. Right. Exactly. But what's the plan to get better in that practice? How dare you? You look at the end of my knife hand and you be off with yourself. So, um, so that's the thing, you know, just find a, find a good, find an instructor, read AARs where a person specifically said what they learned and how they got better. Go take it and you will get better with the red dot or really any skill immediately immediately and that's it that's it on the training portion yeah i don't know if i've heard someone say it like that what do you mean uh, Which comparing com uh, comparing it to buying a car because it's right yeah, yeah. If, if you're walking away and you didn't get anything why what <laughs> I, well, I i haven't experienced that other than law enforcement training so yeah they, they, they uh somewhat smart ass analogy I make at the end of class, right? Is that, so there's a, there's a, a Scottish comedian by the name of Billy Connolly. Do you know who that is? Yeah. So the young folk probably don't, but Billy Connolly, for those of you that don't know who he is, uh, if you ever seen the movie last samurai, he's the goofy Scottish sergeant next to Tom Cruise, right? He had a stand up comedian. He had a stand up comedy act. Uh, Wasn't in, he in boondock scenes too? Yeah, he was. Yes. He was the dad. He was the yeah. dad. Yeah. Uh, and he had the stand-up. It's called Pale Blue Scotsman. If you have a chance to watch this, it is probably in my top five funniest stand-ups that I've ever watched in my life. And at the end, and I'm going to do a, try and do a Scottish accent. It's going to come off Irish, so I, I, I apologize, right? But he's going to go, so you're going to go back to work on Monday, and they're going to ask you, how was it? How was the Scotsman? And you're going to go, oh, he was brilliant. What did he say? Not a clue. How many times have you gone to a class and you've said exactly that? What'd you learn? Um, I learned that I sucked. Okay. What's your plan to get better? I learned that I need to work harder. Okay. What's harder on what? What's the pathway? What's the yeah. waterfall? What's the what to do what? Um, he was a seal, right? So just go on YouTube, you'll be fine. Huh? Just go on yeah. YouTube. Exactly. Um, so that's, that, that's all I'm kind of saying, you know what I mean? Um, with the red dot, things are painfully obvious. You either saw the dot and hit the target or you didn't, or you didn't. Um, so get in there, know, and know what you want. What do you want? I want to train with this guy who happens to be famous. Awesome. Then you don't need to learn anything. Just check the box, keep on trucking. But if you're like, I hear all the time, what are the two things you want to learn in this class? I want to learn how to find the dot faster in my draw. And I want to learn how to track it and recoil. Awesome. What's faster? What do you mean? Well, what's your draw right now? It's seven yards to an alpha. I don't know. Then how do you know if I'm making you faster? You've got to come in with a baseline. And then when we have the baseline, then we can work on a metric for the skills to get you better. Right? Because if you come to my class, and you got a four second draw and then you get to three, nine, nine. Well, you're faster, but still nobody cares. 
Nobody cares. Let's look at what your practical uses are and, and, and get to that to the best that we possibly can efficiently with mechanical efficiency and techniques and get it done now and get it done now. Not 10,000 slow and smooth reps in the corner and speed magically comes somehow. doesn't work like that. doesn't work like that. Magically. Magically. UPS. The myth What's that, yeah, I was gonna. I was, I was gonna say the myth is that oh well, you know, it takes too long to learn the red dot, or you you have to spend a lot of time with it to be good at it. That's like the myth that has been around since I don't know. Like I I remember people were complaining about that back in like you know ten years ago. Oh, it takes it takes too long to learn. Uh, you're never gonna get over the learning curve. And how many of your classes have I been to? Maybe three, four, three, maybe four at least. We've, we've trained together right. a couple times yeah and there's a wide range of students who show up some dudes are like you know blazing fast uspsa dudes who come to class and some of them are you know definitely like fresh on the on the on the training path and when i the the gains that i see from people in the first morning it hasn't been 200 rounds yet like we haven't even had finished our coffee and that uh the myth of oh it takes too long to learn a dot why should i change over is obliterated you know by 10 30 right. in the morning on day one and then uh after lunch the ups truck full of go fast shows up for everybody right yeah yeah well that, that's the thing it's like hey man it's a steep learning curve blah 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 yeah if you're trying to figure it out for yourself try and learn algebra by yourself Right, it's it's impossible. Right, it's impossible. But then you yeah, go. That's, that's where I was. <laughs> right. No, that's where I was. I I tried to teach myself red dot. It's like you know, it's like you know, I have this conversation with people. It's like okay, if you go to the range and by yourself or with your buddy, you're training and you're having fun. Well, you're not training. You're target practicing. You're having fun. And there's no one there to tell you what you're doing wrong. There's no one there to analyze you from head to toe and home in on what you're doing wrong. And you're just reinforcing bad habits. And that's when I, when I first tried to learn the red dot, that's, that was me. And it was frustrating because it was like, I don't like sucking at things. And I sucked at the red dot because I was doing it wrong. You know, I was like, I was like trying to figure it out. Like you said, trying to teach yourself algebra. I had no clue what to do. I was just, you know, doing the same thing. The game changer for me that, literally took me from, you know, from, from one to 10. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a 10 in terms of red dot, you know, I'm still learning, but in terms of ability was professional training. You know, I trained with you, John Edwards, Hilton, and uh, you know, just having someone there to watch me and home in on what I was doing wrong and bite by bite, remove the inefficiencies and the things I was doing wrong and point it out to me and explain it and articulate it to me. That made all the difference in the world in terms of, of, you know, my ability to, to really start squeezing the performance out of what I could do with a red dot on a pistol before that, it was really frustrating. Yep. Yep. But once you understand the proper technique or you understand the additions of things you are doing, which are unnecessary that are keeping you from finding the dot, you remove those things and add inefficiency, and it's like, oh, there it is. Oh, hold on. Oh, 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 oh. Now I can't not find the dot. Mm -hmm. You know. 
Which so is we've, a yep. funny story. Uh, I shared this with uh, a few of my friends the other day. Uh, somebody wanted a refund on a, an adapter plate because he had bought the plate. He bought a red dot. He didn't have his plate yet, but he just simply put the red dot on top of his pistol without mounting it, and he couldn't find the dot. So he had already given up on the dot, and he wanted a refund. I don't remember what the text message said, but it was pretty comical. It was so comical that I had to share it amongst uh, the close-knit group of friends. Like, this dude didn't even screw it down, and he can't find the dot, and he's already given up, and he wants a refund. Yeah. That, Sounds about that right. just means you, that just means you can give them a refund and resell the part. <laughs> yeah. Never been fired. 80, the funny thing is, I bet you dimes twenty eighty eighty twenty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I bet you dimes the donuts that he did not have a captured battery on the bottom. Yeah, dot. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, I think the discussions we've had tonight will help at least one person, hopefully at least one person. Um, great discussions. I think we covered all the bases we can with the amount of time we have. I think now is the time where we're going to go one by one, finding out what your guys' final thoughts are and make sure when you're doing so, you plug whatever the hell you feel like plugging or endorsing or saying nice things about, starting with John. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to be on the primary and secondary anytime, podcast. Anytime. Thrilled to be a sponsor of the show. And uh, I'm very grateful for all the opportunities that I've gotten through the primary and secondary uh, 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 enterprise. Um, the friend network. The friend network. <clears throat> so uh, I'm here to plug the new Pro Series holster. It's super comfortable. It looks weird. People think it looks unusual, but all of our holsters look weird, and uh, that hasn't seemed to stop anybody so far. Uh, give it a try. We've got more coming back into stock on Monday. They sold way quicker than we thought, and I'm formally apologizing to anyone who had their order delayed. Um, sneak peek, we've got outside the waistband floodlights coming next month in colors. Yeah, we're going to have tan and green. So we are going to do a little bit of looking cool, but no harm, no foul. Um, and we have two more really cool things coming out this year that you will find out about. If you're paying attention. And uh, uh, they're going to be uh, – <clears throat> one we're going to have in time for August, and the other one is a little bit more open-ended, but they're both going to be pretty cool, and I can't talk about them yet. <laughs> well that works yep buck uh first of all i'm going to promote uh primary secondary for hosting this wonderful group of guys that i'm going to host uh that i'm going to uh, pimp john for my amazing holster that i bought through big techs outdoors uh and john i asked him a question and he responded back and we traded some text messages and then I got busy and I just bought one from big text, but I'll be buying another one from John. Uh, that's, so fun. that's fine. So, so, yeah. so uh, I have a thing going on with Ike and what it is, is we're racing to find what the balance is between how much money I spend at big Techs outdoors and how much inventory he orders from Philster to the point at which we both break even. 
and I think I need to buy two more suppressors this summer, yes. and then we'll be set. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, I, me and his relationship is much better in my favor right now, so I'm good. Uh, I'm going to pit my good friend Jedi, uh, one of the most fantastic, awesome, comical instructors um, in, in the country. Been to a couple of his classes. The midget loves him. I don't know why. Because um, I'm good, Rookin. Yeah, there you go. Van, <laughs> um, I asked Jedi and Ben to be on here. I do not have a Ben product, but I will have one here soon. I, but I have looked up to Ben for a long time. Uh, so I've just about said my piece. Whether you buy my plate or not depends on whether you want to wear an eye patch for the rest of your life or not. So that's up to you. Um, uh, but I appreciate all of the camaraderie that we've had on this call. Uh, thank you guys for allowing me to uh, be the class clown and uh, later. Cool. Ben. Oh, man. Well, here, let me get my other earpiece in. Died. <clears throat> Can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, thanks for having me on here. It's, uh, I'm always, I don't know, I'm always kind of like shocked when someone wants to hear my opinion on things. I'm, you know, it's like I appreciate it. I'm kind of flattered. So thanks for having me here. Great group of people. You know, it's like I respect all you guys. It's like, I mean, Matt, you know, it's like I've known you for years. You know, it's and uh, you know, John, you know, your reputation, your product speaks for itself. Jedi, you're the man, you know, it's love training with you. Uh, you know, Buck, thanks for getting me in on your on your uh you know, on your distributor network. I don't I don't really get excited about uh products too much, you know, because most of the stuff is kind of rehashed, but when I saw your plates, I was like, This is great. You know, it's like, you know, you guys thought of everything when it came to you know, perfecting the interface to put an optic on a factory modular platform, you know? So it's like when I saw your product, I had to become a dealer for it. Um, you know, it's like, I don't really have anything to pimp, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, just be, you know, be judicious and careful and do your research on what you buy, who you train with, that sort of thing. Don't fall for hype, you know, look for results, look for performance, look for actual benefits, you know, and uh, that's about it. But uh, thanks for having me on here. Cool. Hey, Scott. Yeah, man. Have you seen any difference between red and green dots? <laughs> Other than uh, one's red and one's green? Yeah. Um, I'll get back to you on my research with that. Oh, you're uh, doing something. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I got the hollow stone green one yeah. that I've been, I've been uh, futzing about with. Um, I am... My initial things are, you do see the green dot easier, but is it so easy to see it sucks you in? Hmm. Well, if you're uh, colorblind, you don't see anything, so. You don't see anything, right? So I'll get They're back. They're all just gray. Yeah, that's right. I'll get, I'll get back to you on that one. I am trying not to have confirmation bias because I'm, I've been shooting red dots for so long. Yeah. Um, that when I see something new, I'm like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's green. I'm getting sucked into it, you know? So and green means go. So you're going to shoot faster. Exactly. Regardless of where it is, over the berm, wherever. Um, so what am I doing? So one, one of the things I want to say, and, you know, um, very honored, right, that um, everyone here except for Mr. Landfair has been to one of my classes. Um, yeah, but you've seen me talking. like, Oh, yeah. That's why I, I have you come back all the time. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, to, to the people out there, to the consumers, to the enthusiasts, to the craftsmen, to the people that do this, for, that carry a gun for a living, um, when you go out and you want to uh, patronize vendors, uh, makers, things of that nature, man, please send your money to the guys who are shooters that actually train, you know? Um, and I say, you know, not only is I thank you for having all of these guys come to my class before and, and trusting me with the most valuable asset we all have, which is time. Um, but they're trying to hone their individual craft in relation to shooting, right? Um, as funny as it may seem, man, there are plenty of companies in the firearms industry that do not have a shooting culture, right? You do not need to be spending time with those people. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just gonna say that, right? And every single person here is a shooter right? They're trying to make themselves better, to make their products better, to make everyone else better, you know? Um, and that's something I wish everyone would consider when they, uh, when they're trying to choose where to spend their dollars. Um, as far as me, um, man, I'm busy. Uh, I think the final tally for this year is going to be like 75 classes, uh, 50, 50 between LE and uh open enrollment um super blessed uh even more super blessed that i have the greatest coo on the face of the earth my wife bev because i couldn't keep all that shit straight um and in the covid uh rearrangements that have had to happen she's she's absolutely unbelievable she's absolutely unbelievable um so that being said i would love to train with you uh if you look at the schedule and I'm not coming near you, it's because you missed something. Uh, I think I'm literally in almost every single state uh, in the country, except for maybe, except for Hawaii, it's such a pain in the ass, but I'm even You're going to be in Utah in September. Be in Utah. Are you going to be in Utah when I'm there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, just, you know, super happy, super blessed, man, working my ass off. I get to hang out with awesome people like yourselves. I get to use uh, free Wi-Fi from Jim Dexter and Amy. And, uh, you know, life is good. You thought this was free? Oh, exactly. <laughs> the, bills, the bill's in my room right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Cool. Well, uh, shout out to, uh, for, shout out to Bev. For hanging out with us even though she hasn't been on the show she's she's been with us yeah um yeah. lane kritzer who i saw was here tom Victa, he was here most of the time uh big thanks to our our sponsors big thanks to filster holsters facts on firearms walther firearms um also to the uh patreon subscribers if you go to patreon.com slash primary and secondary you can help support this whole big network the big network is for your benefit it's for the benefit of those around you anyone that's interested in guns gear training mindset we have all these avenues just for you one thing i like to say with every one of these episodes make sure you are supporting those sources that you have found to be beneficial if you like what john said about holster theory you know he has a podcast he's been on podcasts um he happens to be involved in Filster. This kind of stuff, you know, if you like what he said, you might want to try out his products if you haven't already. If you like what Scott said, uh, you know, you can trade with him. If you like what Ben had to say, he has products available. If you like what Buck had to say, 
their products. Same for uh, like Varg and Pressburg and Blowers. All these people have uh, their own, uh, their own, not necessarily networks, but they have their own pages. Uh, whether it be a website or Instagram page, Facebook, you name it. Find these guys, follow them on social media because likes, subscriptions, and shares are currency. Uh, and it seems most of the people that I associate, most of my buddies, they're not about the flash. I'm not about flash. I'm about substance because I care about providing good content that will help other people. I don't care to make whatever. Uh, I, I'm not looking for huge, uh, huge numbers, not looking for huge amounts of likes and shares and all that kind of stuff. But everyone does count and everyone helps us. And I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, that should do it. Um, what else do we have? We are on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, website, primaryandsecondary.com. We do have a huge training event in September. Uh, check it out. Uh, you can find out details on primaryandsecondary.com on the left menu, bottom option, all the stuff's there. You can register right now, in fact. So that's all. I'm going to start loading mags for training tomorrow. I will talk to you all later.